0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another commission podcast uh, brought to you by Uh Actually, no, I, I got a little into my shtick. It's brought to you by Alafia McMurty. Hmm. Who, uh, well, I'll just let her explain. Uh, my favorite movie, it could, I think Alafia? Alafia is a female but, name.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds right.
0: Uh, a person who I respect. Because your your, your personhood uh, made the following comments. Okay. (laughs) it's an awkward way of rounding into she might be female. Yeah. My my favorite movie of all time is The Color Purple, which you guys have already covered. I honestly could not think of any one movie that I would enjoy hearing you guys talk about until finally it dawned on me, Back to the Future. By my standards, this is a work of art, and everyone should watch the trilogy at least once in their life. Thank you guys for podcasting, and I look forward to listening to you guys break down Back to Future, the first movie out of three installments.
1: A work of art, man. That's a I,
0: pretty low bar <laughs> to jump over.
1: Well, for me, a work of art has a lot of connotations yeah, beyond sure, like sure. just summer movie blockbuster, right? Like, yeah. To, to me, I go to museums to see a work of art. Sure. I, I go to, like, I don't David Lynch movies to see a work of art. Uh,. But, but you know, in a certain light, this is a work of art. And certainly I'm with her in that this is one of my all-time favorite movies. Indeed. And, you know, it's been a minute
0: since I've seen this film. This, this uh, I mean, maybe 10, maybe 15 years since I've seen the Damn. original Back to the Future. I've okay. seen two and three kind of recently, because uh, at least a good part of two, most of three, because uh, it's been on, I don't know, one of the... It's, somebody had a marathon that I got halfway through. Right. But the first one, uh, this was kind of like I, I got to see a little bit of fresh eyes, and I was scared that it might not hold up.
1: Held up like a champ, Jim. Yeah. This movie uh in in its form is is a work of art. I mean, it is so such a tightly written film. Uh I, I can't imagine Making a more compact film than this.
0: That's not saying it doesn't have plot holes and things that don't make sense. But you're right. Right, the thing, it's very efficient little story engine.
1: All of its holes are in its in its premise of time travel, mm. and time travel is something you know that you can never get fully right. Uh, we just don't know how it works. It but could be, as, it
0: could be, and in fact, there's a lot of people saying that it it might be physically impossible. Sure. Yeah.
1: But but in like its art form, in its its storytelling capacity. It is so tightly uh, written. Yes, I, I I struggle to compare it with other with other films for how tightly written it is because I I can't think of another that's this good.
0: And the performances, my God, oh, Christopher yeah. Lloyd uh, <laughs> running amok, uh, Michael J. Fox at like the height of his Tiger Beat powers. Okay, Leah Thompson, uh, Crispin Glover. Might they're, be the they're old, all amazing. I, I wanna say it's the only like non creep role he's ever had, except for he kinda of plays a creep. People forget that. He does Marty play, Yeah, he's a peeping Tom. Marty's father is a uh, is committing sex
1: crimes in this movie. Uh, yep. <laughs> and really, stopping others. He really is. <laughs> uh stalking, peeping. He's he's doing it all. Uh it's super creepy. But you kind of forget about it because he's such a dork, he's such a weirdo. Uh, and, and Marty, he's Marty's father, and you're really rooting for Marty, and in as much as you want him to change the lives of his parents, uh, I, th- I think you forget that Crispin Glover in his role as George McFly is a creep. Sure. Uh, this was directed by Robert Zemeckis. And uh, let's say this. When you have a peeping Tom and a pervert as your main character's father, and and in some ways a, a partial hero of the film, sure, you he's need a, a biff... You need a Biff in there to, to counteract out, that. To, to, to out, really. out outbiff him. Just be a fucking sleazeball. Sure. I mean, this guy is. Aside from his looks and his mannerisms, mm-hmm. uh, he's a rapist. Yeah. But let's not forget that. Attempted rapist, anyway. Eh, sure. Do we really want to make that distinction? I don't know. Maybe. But. I he, would, he I would is like an to ultimate... think that
0: biff, in the ultimate moment, Biff would have come to the oh, sober conclusion right. that, no, I can't right. do this. This is not. If he this is not consistent with my biffitude, right? If he had, how far have I fa- How far out? have you fallen, Biff? He says to himself.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Look at your life. Look at your choices. No, he's a He rapist. catches a glimpse of himself in the rearview mirror and says, "Is this really who I want to be?" Oh, <laughs> uh, with his hair receding and all. You, no, no, he's he's a rapist.
0: He's violent. He's aggressively stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's everything that you want in a. Uh, he's essentially the. He's the equivalent of casting Nazis. Yes, in it takes that
1: to really outshine the creep that is George McFly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so it's directed by
0: Robert Zemeckis, um, who you've mm-hmm. seen tons of his films. Romancing the Stone is the first one that Haven't I can remember it. seeing in 84. I didn't see it in 84, but I saw it later. Uh, Back to the Future, all the Back to the Futures, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, who Framed Roger Rabbit, Okay. Death Becomes Her, uh, Forrest Gump... Uh, okay. Tales from the uh, Crypt. He he directed Castaway. I did not know that the the Tom Hanks film. Yes. Wow. Uh, okay. Polar Express. Uh, that the digital Beowulf kind of mess of a movie. Well, um, I've
1: seen like two of these. Yeah, you've seen. I, I feel like Roger Rabbit and Back Future. Did you know he Forest directed Gump.
0: the uh, Denzel Washington movie Flight that came out like
1: three or four years ago? No, I never saw that. It looked cool. I just didn't get around to it. So,
0: yeah, he has done a lot of stuff all over the place, and I thought he did an amazing job. Uh,
1: Right. Uh, It's also, you know, a partial Steven Spielberg joint. Uh, I know he was the executive producer on it. Um, And I think he had a significant amount of input. Like, there's a lot of stuff about the recasting of Marty McFly halfway through the shooting of this thing. Oh, tell me about that. Oh, you didn't know about this? No, I did not. Uh, Who was Eric Stoltz? You, no shit. you know him, I know him from him. a lot of stuff, actually. yeah, you, You've seen him. He's in the Mad... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that guy. That guy was originally Marty McFly, and they got five weeks into shooting, and they were like, this guy is a good actor. He's just not hitting the comedic timing the way we want him to. Mm-hmm. He, he's bringing more of a... <laughs> forgive my my pun here. A heaviness. Uh, his performance is heavy compared to Marty McFly." Uh, and the way we want him to be and as he's written. So they brought, they fired him five weeks into shooting and did five weeks' worth of reshoots with uh, Michael J. Fox. That's a lot. I'm that's, surprised they were able to do that. But I was like, about
0: to say that's not enough time to, to do all the reshoots resho- they needed, I wouldn't think. Five weeks to completely replace a guy?
1: But no, no, no. They had complete. done five weeks of shooting oh, oh, oh. and had to go back and reshoot all those five weeks. Huh. Um, and, and, you know, Robert Zemeckis... Was noticing it, and he brought it to Steven Spielberg, and like brought it to the studio, and they were like, "Okay, I guess." Like, it, Steven Spielberg agreed. Yeah, he's just not not what the film needs, even though he's good. I did a little uh, bit. Of, so he was pretty involved in the making of this, I guess.
0: I, I did a a little bit of high speed research. There's apparently like a few frames where Eric Stoltz is still in the movie. So I heard, yeah, like did, where right right before uh, him and Biff meet in the cafe and, and punch when the camera pans from Marty. There's, like, just a few frames of Stoltz's face in the lower left of the thing while the, while the camera's over his shoulder. Okay. That if you look, it's like, yeah, that's not Michael J. Fox. But it's, like, literally a couple of frames. Right. So there you go. You're, you're immortalized.
1: There's Stoltz. <laughs> As the guy who was almost Marty McFly. Can we talk about the character of Marty McFly to just kind of start I, off? Or? I mean, like I've got. I want to talk about character. I can't little. believe it, but I've got five pages of notes on this oh, movie. Holy shit, I have one, almost two. Uh, almost
0: and two. Uh, we can talk about it in whatever way you want. Okay, I don't, I don't
1: want to leave Marty McFly yet because Marty McFly, to me, was never a dork. Marty McFly was always a cool guy, and I feel like the the proper way to view him in the context of this film. is is as a dork, and I I never got that feeling. And I don't know if it's due to him being, you know, kind, kind of dressing in cool clothes, right? He's got Nikes. He's, like, he's very looks very 1985 cool to me, but mm-hmm. also the the charisma, just the pure charisma of Michael J. Fox does not say dork to me. It's weird because
0: everyone else in his family are nerds and dorks. Right. And he is – it's interesting because when he rolls out of bed after his family is now rich and famous and successful, he's dressed the same, and everybody's, like, recognizably, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's, like, uh, it's like you're the one and... thing that's remained constant. Right. You were the cool, successful, charismatic person that came out of
1: this family somehow. See, that's, that's... – what I don't get Is he supposed to be Like are they trying To portray him As cool and charismatic I see him as kind of Like a scene kid You
0: know really? He's like the okay. hard, He's like the he, he. I don't think he's like Popular He wasn't a jock He's like the yeah. guy That hangs out With the heavy metal dudes And they're Got a garage band And you know People like him And know him But he's not like Winning class president And that kind of thing But he goes back okay. To In 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 the 1955 And he's a He's a rock star Right yeah, because he's got like he can skate and he's got purple underwear and yeah, you know, he, st- he has the inexplicable power of standing up the bullies. Um, no, it's interesting because you're it's right, it, it's hard to
1: nail his character. And they make such a big deal throughout the movie about this idea of like father, like son, and he's so much like George McFly when he was a teenager. Sure, um. I don't know if if their whole message here is one event can set you on a path that changes your your it trajectory of your life. It is so so to me, it's strange that he doesn't change at all given the end. So maybe they're saying like, maybe this message is more about George McFly and less about Marty, and that Marty is the anomaly within this family through all time periods, mm-hmm. and that he's just a cool guy. Yeah, um, George McFly certainly was not that, but he became that when that one event didn't happen to him. So, like, people talk about Marty McFly as if he's a dork and kind of a, a poster boy for dorks made cool, dweebs, mm-hmm. dweebs being awesome in the 80s. I, I never felt that. Well, it could may may I
0: suggest something controversial? Perhaps okay. that you yourself, watching this movie, were a dweeb, right? And there, and I identify with seemed, Michael J. Fox and seemed, his character. He, so I tell I would right. then submit to the court that uh, the character of Marty McFly is in fact a dweeb.
1: Yes, so even though you didn't perceive him as such, that's interesting. I have that in my notes. I say maybe it's because my childhood was shaped so much by these types <laughs> of movies, and I identify with the activities that Marty McFly does. And therefore, I don't see him that way. It totally could be it, and maybe the people of 1985 are going, "Look at this dork! He's skateboarding. What the fuck is that?" Cause I guess that's true. Because that 80s, was skateboarding was sure. fringe, and, and even then, like the really cool skateboards, it still that holds
0: up and is neat. Yeah, like, if you imagine they make this in 2016. They're doing 380s and Hot Cross Buns. They're doing ollies and all kinds of crazy shit. Right? I, I threw a couple of snowboarding right. and extreme hot... skiing things in there. Uh-huh. Uh, I I mean, you, it would be so kinetic, it'd probably be like a off-putting. It'd be like triple yeah. X Vin Diesel bullshit. Whereas this is right. a well-constructed chase scene that has a couple of clever uses of skateboarding that was introduced early in the film. Like, that's another thing. Like, this movie is wound tight as a drum. Yeah. You got this guy, he's just goofing off down in in school, or getting to school, and and like in five minutes, they establish all of the life skills he'll need to succeed in the movie. He Uh plays a guitar. He's in a band. He's frustrated because he wants to play fast and
1: loud. He's got a skateboard, and he hitchhikes on people's vehicles, and all this shit. He's also afraid of what people think of his music if he if he plays for people. Sure. Uh just like his father. They set up so much of the family dynamic here. Yes. Um and and this really uh, what I think is the core message of the film is just how your family affects you. Um mm. I I think certainly it's also about confidence and, and the, the path not taken and stuff like that. But Yeah and how some of that stuff but is it almost is,
0: inescapable too. Right. Unless right, you can go back and actually of, you know, in time and fix the fatal flaw that...
1: Yeah, it's like some sort of desire fantasy, like uh-huh. uh, how we wish we could change our past and make ourselves better today
0: for it. I thought in the climax, of the, or in the, I guess not the climax, in the fairly long epilogue to the movie, I found it somewhat unrealistic that so many things about Marty's life would change except for the core things... Like, your family is fundamentally more successful, but you have the same amount of kids. You live in in the the same same house. house. It's got better furnishings In the same neighborhood. Yeah, you've got uh, got the same girlfriend. Uh Uh-huh. Like, all those, the things that turned out differently, and yet, the only thing that's changed is literally the window dressing and the clothes that people are wearing.
1: Is it because it would be too tragic of an end for Michael J. Fox, for Marty McFly to go back as the same character, and be put into an entirely new situation. Like, can you imagine his parents being rich that, sure. and living in a different place and him still wanting a 4 by 4 Toyota uh-huh. as or, his dream car? Like, what if
0: they're rich and they're like, you know what? Let's not have three kids. Let's just have two. <laughs> right. And he's and never he's lost, born. A, he's lost a brother? Yeah, he did. Like, what no. the fuck? Well, I think he is the, the youngest, isn't he?
1: Okay. He He might be. I think he is, yeah.
0: But that would be funny if, like, he wrote himself out of his existence by putting his parents together too well.
1: Right. I mean, obviously, that can't happen. But maybe, right. like... No, you're right. There could be some tragedy. They didn't want more kids, and he was a mistake later on. And, like... Sure. They, he just doesn't have a middle brother or, or like, a middle sister or something. Sure. Uh, they're, they're, this has a lot of potential to end in tragedy. Or at least some sort of, like, wont wah moment. Yeah. Um, that I'm glad they don't go there. Yeah. But but it does also feel a little too convenient that everything is is still in place for him. Yeah. So perfectly.
0: This is one of these cool movies where I can clearly remember the first time I saw it, like, in the theater. And oh, wow. how okay. it was one of those. Because, like, these kind of movies didn't come around every fucking year. What do you mean when you say these kind of movies? It's got a cool car with, like, shit coming out of it. And it's science fiction. But it's also, like, something that you're parents would take you to cuz there's a lot of rated R mm. science fiction. Oh yeah. But like, you know, something that the whole family's going to go to and you know it's going to it's not going to be boring or mm. um, cuz I remember as a kid watching Raiders of the Lost Ark first for the first time and I was kind of too young for it because I found it alternately boring and really scary. Okay? You know, I, like, I can see that. Yeah. Like if you if you see is melting If, if you and... see Raiders of the Lost Ark as a 6-year-old, you might have a bad time. Yeah because you need to be another th- couple years older or at least a little bit more um inured to to violence and and faces melting and stuff to enjoy just what a romp it is. Right. But this is like you could you yeah, a 3-year-old. There's nothing I mean this everyone can enjoy this. You're 3 if you're
1: 73. Right. I mean I I've, there's some overtly sexual stuff in here that I think gets it is it rated PG-13? I don't know. Or is it just PG? Because I mean obviously overly- the stuff with Lorraine and Biff, I mean that's Yeah, but
0: it's not super and it's also portrayed in an incredibly negative light. Right. So it's like I feel like that's the important family. Like it's not that it's uh you know, like there weren't any boobs and it was just it looks well, like I mean, you could you say oh see- <laughs> she's just trying to you know, you could tell it's a, what do you tell your three the four year old? Or just, she's just trying... He's trying to kiss her, and she doesn't want to be kissed. Like, a, you know,
1: four-year-olds know that. Right, but... Aunt Petunia I, comes <laughs> over and is like, God, ah, no, I don't want to be kissed. I, I go to to a bug's life, and I'm not expecting to see ants being raped. You didn't or... see the graphic grasshopper missed... on ant <laughs> rape? I must have missed of it, the, no. Of the
0: old ant queen? No, I missed that. You, you need to see the director's cut, man. Shit, you're right. That's where Dennis Hopper... <laughs> <laughs> Let's ...really lose. comes into his own. Yeah.
1: Uh... But, but you're right. This is this is a family movie, certainly. And while I think I don't know if I would take people who are too young to understand the sexuality of it to it, I don't know that there's anything they would really get out of it. Because all these concepts are, are pretty... <laughs> I'm just saying my mom was an uptight
0: Jehovah's Witness and had zero problems taking me, wow. my five-year-old sister, and my three-year-old brother to this movie, and we all had a great time. Wow. Okay. So, Even
1: her? She didn't come away from it? Nope. Because
0: like. that's other things. like I think it's consistent with her like 1950s values. you know? Right. Yeah. Because, again, yeah, a guy was trying to take advantage of a girl, but, number one, like if I want to get real, my mom's probably like, well, she was kind of acting slutty. And, and and therefore deserved Jesus. it. And number two, yeah. it all worked out
1: in the end. So sure, whatever, right? Uh, I guess yeah. yeah. So to to create tension, you need to give heroes opportunities to be heroic. Even when that you opportunity, shit,
0: is her own son seducing her. Oh
1: God, we can talk endlessly about yeah. how creepy this whole relationship is. So Do you want to continue this topic? Or topic,
0: or do you just want to like? Because I, I seriously could just chronologically go by this movie blow by blow.
1: Uh, I'm I'm okay with whatever. I, I've okay. got stuff I want to talk to about. Talk about, and in true time traveling fashion, if we need to, I'll loop back and catch it. Gotcha. All. But
0: uh, one thing I want to point out is this movie begins with the Rube Goldberg machine, which right. I've always enjoyed it ever since I was a little kid. I think it might be because the Old Children's Museum in Indianapolis had a humdinger of one that the Purdue University guys have put together that you could yeah. actually... And I, I think they still have one that's not as cool, but you could actually start it off and watch it do its whole thing, and, like, I love playing Mousetrap. So you start
1: off, you got young Aaron hooked. I feel like it, it does an injustice to Doc Brown too early in the film. Why? Because I think that this... This scene is also inserted for you to go, man. That Doc Brown, he must be a real kook.
0: No, I, just, I guess I, I thought like you that's don't? like it's Pee Wee Herman. You're like, like this guy's yeah. squared together.
1: <laughs> His, he's got machines kind of making going.
0: breakfast for him. All right, but it also introduces the mystery of like where, to, like because clearly the stuff is right. working like a top, but it's making breakfast for someone who has not been there for days and feeding right. the dog that's okay. not
1: been there for days. Okay, I think I had a misconception because after thinking about it. Uh, I did come to the same conclusion. Like, he's just not there, and his toast is burning. And when it's a it hell of a be. credit sequence, you And know? he's got Einstein later, we find out, sure. doing his time-traveling stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's just not there. Not that this is a bad contraption.
0: So, Marty McFly steps into the scene with a skateboard, mm-hmm. and
1: he, he... blows the fuck out of his he speaker He has wall.
0: what I can only describe as an electric ukulele. This is the smallest plastic electric guitar I've ever seen in my life. God it's like damn a it! Pocket electric, and he plugs it in. Why does Don Doc Brown have a massive world-shattering speaker? That's the real question here. Did he is do that just performance... to
1: amuse Marty? Yeah. What experiments is he performing in here? I can't. I can't imagine. So he says. What does he say? He says, by the way, there's Body, something don't wrong don't plug it into the...
0: the speaker because
1: it's got a feedback loop that'll blow to the... Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what he could possibly be using this for. Certainly not an experiment we've seen, but I think that's the whole point of this scene is that Doc Brown does a lot of experiments. A lot of weird experiments. Well, so I want to talk about something else. The, I, don't, I don't know. The
0: fundamental weirdness of a, of a teenage boy having an intimate relationship... And I'm saying intimate and just like they're obviously very close friends to where Doc Brown can say, hey, uh, meet me at 1.30 in the morning at this abandoned parking lot and we'll do a science experiment. Like, right. I've I got two feelings about this. Number one, I actually enjoy being friends with children. I like kids like I used to, in my old neighborhood. A lot of times I'd work out in the garage and this seven year old boy would ride his bike over and just shoot the shit with me. Mm-hmm. And he would talk. I think it. I think it amused him that Alex was conversant with, like, modern video games and, and, and whatnot, so he could talk. And, yeah. you know, I could, I could hang with him on because he loved wrestling, too. And we would talk <laughs> wrestling and video games. A curiosity I'm, for this kid. Yeah, while, while I'm working. And, and, like, sometimes it was annoying, but most of the time it was charming. So, and, and, and I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think, as a, if, if I was a 65-year-old scientist, how does this 16-year-old boy walk into my life? Mm-hmm. And how are my parents not creeped out that I'm sneaking out of the house to go meet with him and claim that Stein? Like right. this little, That's the other end of it, but there shouldn't be anything wrong with having a mentor type relationship. And right. I think there's an explanation in causality. You're right. Because there's this line where Mar where Doc Brown says it's going to be really hard because we've gotten so close in this adventure in 1955. It's going to be really hard going 30 years before I can talk to you or acknowledge any of this. Yeah. And, like, there's so much of this movie that has to happen because it had to happen that way. Mm-hmm. What if this is just a paradox? Right. Doc and- becomes friends with Marty because Marty went back in time and confided in him, and they had this adventure together, and now there's super – Doc Brand can't share any of this, but that's why he took a shine to him. It makes perfect sense.
1: Right, and and we just don't see, you know, their reintroduction. No. In the, in the, in the 80s, because why would we? Well, we do. We when- start – we start oh, after yeah. we we come into a, a time period where they're already they've already got reacquainted they've already talked about this like but Doc Brown can't say anything to him until he comes back from his
0: adventure from adventure and that's when he was revealed that yes in fact I read the note I got the bulletproof vest. wait wait
1: wait 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 so let's go let's rewind to the beginning of this movie yeah it becomes clear that Marty McFly is finding out about the time machine for the first time sure in this scene with the Libyans sure. He doesn't understand anything that's going on, but wouldn't he already have known about this? Well, I don't
0: know, no, because in his time stream, he had. Now it's arguable so Doc that Brown Doc Brown would know. Doc Brown would know that would know know. one day I will invent. Which that's but that's the thing, like if that's a mind fuck to think that Doc Brown knows that he's going to invent his time machine. He's just going to have to amass right. a fortune. Like I just, I technology pop to do a squat so. on
1: the couch and I eat Cheetos. Right, going like smug in the satisfaction that I will invent a time machine and then I maybe never that's get around thing. to it doing up it. The time, yeah, right.
0: yeah, but you don't know how. You just know somehow this flux capacitor is going to be sure. to it.
1: Right. Um, uh, so so I guess Doc Brown could have that information and he is merely running Marty through the paces of explaining what a time machine is and how it works. Just because he doesn't want to blow his mind with we already have done this. Stuff. Yes. You will go back to the past and we will do this 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, There's a lot of uh, conspiracy like com- complicit in uh detaining information from him sure but i think Denying it, it adds a
0: almost sweet element to their story that it's uh yeah you know, this guy's waited 30 years to be reunited with his buddy again
1: right what's that what's that fucking ryan gosling movie where he's time traveling or whatever the time traveler's wife is that what it's called well there's yeah.
0: but uh, just surprisingly several but i okay. know one of them no that that was um shit that that was the original the hulk i can't remember his name he's the Australian guy who plays the Delta operator in uh, yeah, Black Yeah, I remember Down.
1: seeing that. It, it's a lot like that, right? Like, they have a relationship that one of them knows about, the other Come does not. Come back to me,
0: Marty! <laughs> <laughs> and, when will I see you again?
1: Right. Uh, sure. Uh, can we talk about another one of his experiments in the beginning yeah, of that's this movie? Yeah, that's the very next bullet point, my friend. Because he, he blows the speaker, he gets knocked into the couch, the phone rings, which I love that you know, you could see Doc Brown doing a lot of loud experimentation sure. in this, especially with a speaker that big. He needs a fucking fire alarm hooked up to his phone. I he like need, that little he touch.
0: He to not have any neighbors is what he needs. Well, yeah. Uh,
1: so he he calls Marty up from another location and yeah. asks, like, he hears the clocks ringing at 8 o'clock mm-hmm. and goes, uh, what, what was that? And Marty's like, oh, it's 8 o'clock. The clocks are ringing. And he's like, precisely 25 minutes early. Or whatever he yeah, says. The clocks are 25 the, minutes slow. The clock's 25 minutes slow the because time worked. reasons. Uh, what experiment is he on about? Dude, I can don't know. Can you fathom know. an experiment here? And I did 30 minutes of
0: Googling, and every Reddit, every FARC, every message board of note, every fan site <laughs> has the same question, and no one can offer a satisfying, internally consistent explanation for what the fuck... I mean, is there a it's, a best one you've heard? Like a maybe? No, because they They're all, all have like anything that you can come up with has like uh, well, it's a time experiment where he was verifying that time travel existed, and yet the first time he travels through time, where he sends Einstein, he clearly makes it out that this is the very first time he's doing this. He, he claims know that Einstein that is the first
1: time traveler with yes. dialogue from the film so he's either lying which we know he's capable of and like what point would it prove
0: to say like someone's like well maybe he sent these clocks back in the delorean like unmanned over seven but like what the fuck does that prove that they're all exactly 25 minutes did he shove them all in there and then what right point, spatially have that you doesn't have, work you because have to- he would
1: he would see the clocks yeah 25 minutes slow he wouldn't have to then call from another location and find out the clocks would be in the DeLorean. The best one so
0: there's two there's two bests. There's a best meta explanation and there's a best actual in universe explanation. Bring the, me the best in which one do you yeah, want first? The in universe. The best in the universe is that if you notice all these clocks, there's there's wind up, there's mechanical, there's electric, there's digital. Oh, okay. And that all he right. precisely synchronized all of their various foibles and offsets so that it all converge at one time.
1: So this is an experiment that he has gone and done after all the stuff has happened with Marty. And after he's worn the bulletproof vest, like... No, I don't know that. It would have to be, because if he claims that Einstein is the first time traveler... This has nothing to we... do with
0: time travel. This has to do with a man fucking with electronic and mechanical things to have them perfectly synchronized. Even though, like, no clock keeps time perfectly, right? Unless you've got some atomic clock. Right. That he's calculated the offset for all of these various clocks and set them to so where, at a
1: precise moment, they'll all chime... At a point. At, so at a th- an experiment with clocks is are, – are, are you saying that it's entirely unrelated to his time travel or it's a pre- like uh, an experiment in preparation for the time travel experiment? It's just f- experiment? fucking around. But, but, but
0: the, you go, it ties into the meta explanation, which you need Marty to be 25 minutes late to school without making him seem like he's just right. a giant slacker because that's not the right image. Sure, so. yeah. He's fucking around at the lab. He doesn't realize he's twenty five minutes late, which puts him in hot water. The principal, even though he's got his watch on his wrist, he's not looking at that. But I mean, if you, to be fair, if you had five hundred clocks <laughs> and they're all saying and eight they're o'clock. all saying the same time, yeah. like I, that happened to me yesterday. My fucking clock was an right. hour behind, and I was late to pick up my son because my my work my my, my computer clock was off, and that was what I was looking at. Um, but no, what I. What is that going at? Oh, and the only reason this happens is so you can set up his confrontation with the principal so you can have yet another anachronistic meeting where it's like someone in authority says McFly and they both spin around and act with the exact same expression.
1: Okay. Which is – that's I, a good enough reason for me. So Marty McFly does not use we, – we do see him use his watch alarm at some point. During this film, right? He goes into the diner. He's yes. making a phone call. His watch alarm goes off. He tucks it behind his head so yes. nobody will see it. Yeah. But he does not use an alarm to keep him from being late from school. Guess not. He relies on the doc, who is a lunatic. Again, to be... And, and also, you know, he just blew his eardrums out.
0: He can barely... Fair. He Maybe can barely we are
1: hear... put in the in the ears of Marty McFly there, and we don't hear it because he can't hear I think it. that, to me, that's why uh,
0: Marty has a bit of a shouty effect throughout the entire film is because <laughs> he actually okay. permanently damaged his hearing. I like it. I mean, you got to think if you have sound waves so powerful, it throws you back 20 feet. That's just yeah. your eardrums gone.
1: Here's, here's my other explanation for it. I'll, I'll follow on to that one is that maybe it's going to be a long fucking podcast.
0: Buckle in people. Yeah.
1: I, I love this movie. I can't not talk about okay. it. Uh, I I think you could also say that Doc Brown is now, after the fact, after Einstein, after all the shit with the Libyans, he's now going back to try to more fully understand it. And he has set all the clocks in his house to be 8 o'clock. He has jumped 25 minutes into the future uh, as an experiment. To to see something. I don't know. Everything ends in kind of a why? Well, because. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why
0: ultimately they're all unsatisfying is because they're, they're not... You can't fault... This. Some of the theories, you just, like, they don't make sense with the first time travel. But then if you can time travel, then, yeah, he could have come back. And But that's, like, they're completely unfalsifiable. You don't have enough information in the
1: movie to say whether they're true or not. Let me go with, with one... uh one question I have about the nature of the time travel in this movie. And I don't I don't want to talk completely about this the entire podcast cuz that it's been done. It's, it's on the internet. Go look it up. Uh, when Marty comes back from the past and back to the future and he's trying to save Doc, he the the DeLorean won't start. Um, is that the universe correcting itself because we see like if he were to go back and save Doc Brown, warn Doc Brown, look, Doc, uh, you're going to be killed. We got to get out of here. The Libyans are coming. Potentially, Marty could have n- never gone back to the past, right? To find all this stuff out uh, and to save himself and his, change his parents. Like Because if he gets there and he warns them and they leave, the mm-hmm. Libyans never chase him into the DeLorean. He never hits 88 miles an hour. He never goes back. But unarguable,
0: then... The, then-
1: I mean, that, that's the whole causality So, Doc causality Brown found a paradox, way around this right? by wearing a bulletproof vest, right? He doesn't change the time. Yes. Like, I'm wondering, is the universe keeping the DeLorean from starting, or is it just a shitty car?
0: Well, that's, that's a popular theory, that the, 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 if, you do, if you do do time travel, that it's fundamentally impossible to affect the future because, you know, you, you have the grandfather paradox, where you actually, fu- right. just like this movie, you actually fuck up to where your parents don't meet and now you don't exist. And it almost happens. Yeah. You weren't able to come back in time to do all the things that made that stuff to happen. However, uh-huh. in this movie, it seems like it's more of a pop sci-fi where you yeah. can't affect the future. You just can't alter the critical time stream that allowed you to. Um, and I don't know because I yeah. I remember reading um, Stephen Hawking's uh, brief history of time. Isn't it that's his name? Uh-huh. He talks about some of these things like what if you shot a pool? You yourself shot a corner pocket in pool. And then you came back in, from the future and like put your hand to block it. Like, was is there some physical force that would prevent you from doing that? Or I think the grandfather analogy works better. No, but I mean, I forget like paradox. why that. I don't know because I, I, I it's been a long time since I read that book. But there, I felt like that that scenario he laid laid out r- made me really appreciate the hard sci fi limitations of of science fiction or of time travel. Right. Right. If I could it's, remember it's the whole tricky. anecdote, you'd all be like, ooh, ah, that's Stephen uh, Hawking, smart guy.
1: And it it really becomes more interesting when you say, okay, none of these characters are going to interact with themselves, uh-huh. uh, and none of these characters are going to um, give information to other people that might alter it in the future. Like, it's, it's tricky to construct something, and I don't think they've done it here. I think there are a lot of holes in this movie. Sure. Um, but it's tricky to construct something that's bulletproof. Uh, I, I feel like... Well, I'll save my recommendation for the end. Well, speaking of paradoxes. Okay. I have a couple more things.
0: Why did I think that Elizabeth Shue was Marty McFly's They recast girlfriend? her in
1: in number 2, they recast um I think Elizabeth Shue as as Cause, Jennifer. Cuz
0: I yeah, and in, in this Jennifer's played by this Claudia Wells, which I like that genuinely shocked me because I just watched 2 and 3 within the year. Yeah. And I remember like, "Oh shit, Elizabeth Shue? I didn't notice she played Marty's girlfriend. Wow." Cuz she was like, you know, Old childhood flame of mine, yeah. Uh, okay, so they recast and, her, right? Which brings up old a,
1: Claudia wasn't getting the job done. <laughs> Need to I bring so in fresh yeah. face Elizabeth Shue. I don't know why. I felt like Jennifer was fine. I didn't have a problem with Jennifer. What's wrong with Jennifer? Nothing. Why? Why recast her? Such a sweet girl. I think they should have done it in number one. I think when he comes back, he has a different girlfriend. Oh,
0: why not? That would have been hilarious if he comes back. We actually see Jennifer and it's Elizabeth Shue at the end of the movie, right? <laughs> Like Why not? Very, in a twilight zone, like this isn't right. Yeah. Kind of way. Still, uh, same name and everything. Probably <laughs> same parents, but
1: there was a little bit difference in the sperm and yegg, and, and yeah, Elizabeth Shoe now. Uh, can can we talk th- a little bit about Crispin Glover? Because yeah, this brings sure. up the topic of Crispin Glover. Uh, so, apparently, in the sequels, Crispin Glover bowed out. He was like, I'm not going to do this. He's not. What? He is not in number 2. They made up an actor to look like him. Holy shit. And they did a he great is job. In number 3 though, isn't he? No. He is in neither of the sequels. Wow. Unless it's like stock footage from the old film, like okay. like archive footage, but Okay. He is not in either of those, which is surprising given, you know, you kind of see his character. Sure. So, he had an objection to the way that they ended this movie because Marty McFly comes back and his whole thing was, uh, instead of showing like this happier family life, which I I think they do show, they kind of equated money with happiness at the end of this film, and he took a real strong objection to that, and he brought it up with Zemeckis and he brought it up with the producer, and no, n- he's and got everybody a bit of a was point. like, "No, nah, go fuck yourself." He's okay, got a bit of a point. I-, I do want to talk
0: about this because, and, and, and even the, now that I'm thinking about it, he's also kind of morphed into this similar type of bully that Biff was. Like him and Biff has essentially, his, it's a, switched a places, which is yeah. not—that's not healthy. you saying no. Uh,
1: it's, it's certainly Biff's, not what Biff I consider. the toady, and he's the the bully now, right? Uh, so I could see it from that angle. I I took a different message away from the end of this. I didn't equate money equals happiness. What I equated here was confidence. Confidence equals happiness equals success. The way yeah. right, and the money is a byproduct of his newfound confidence and their newfound happiness in their family. Good it d- has nothing to do with money. Is the the true root of happiness here? That's a good point, and I'm uh, and I, I, I'm I'm kind of back on
0: the what the fuck, uh, yeah, Glover. what the fuck,
1: clever. What's what's up with that? Yeah, uh, but yeah, apparently he took a real dislike to the end of this film, huh? You
0: know, he seems like a very extreme guy. Like he does. once he got yeah. in as mind that something about it is wrong. I don't think there's any force on earth that you could talk him out
1: of it. Right, right. I, I but, wonder if people have brought this up. Like, I didn't read interviews with him. I I read his general feeling on it. It as, seems like a pretty minor
0: point to get your panties in a wad over, and especially refuse when I, to participate in sequels. Now, if he, I, I thought you were going to say that he's just he took himself as this serious oh no, uh, no, no weirdo no. actor that wasn't <laughs> going to participate in blockbuster sequels.
1: I would have believed that because he's what? kind of a weird guy. What is Crispin Glover as a human being? Because I, I have know. seen, so I've seen his performances in a few movies. I've seen a few of his interviews, which are really uncomfortable. Oh my and god! Weird. David Letterman interview that mm-hmm. he did. I, I watched a few of those. And is that he's the just... one about the
0: Rat movie? The Rat movie? Yeah, I think that the, the one you're talking about is he. He oh, actually made a movie remember. about it was a what's it called. It's not Wilfred. Shit. There's a movie about. Uh, anyway, I think Bible goes west. <laughs> no, it's the, no, it's not the Great Mouth. The detective Secret either. of Nim. Stop it uh it's about it's a horror movie about a boy who's uh, friends with rats and he was the
1: the lead in that i think it was for that okay i think i know what you're talking about but i'm not sure the name uh but i it makes me wonder like is he a weird guy who just has some strange uh willard 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 yeah yeah Who, who has some strange ways of expressing himself or is he a troll I, you know, because we were talking about this, and I'm like, you know, I think
0: if you or your brother were rich or famous, you would do this kind of shit. <laughs> I, I would mean, love I don't to know do if this. you have the, the balls, Let's the say emotional it. wherewithal to be in that uncomfortable Because, like, yeah. I think Tom Green's a massive asshole, <laughs> but I will say it takes a lot of, like, either a social defect or a lot of just uh, uh, the capacity to withstand a bunch of emotional pain to do some of the shit that he pulls. And like I said, I don't know if you guys would have that kind of wherewithal to do it, but your natural inclination would be to, oh, I'm on a Dave Letterman show. Mm -hmm. There's this rich and famous person. I'm doing this press junket that I probably hate. I'm just going to fuck with people.
1: Right. The world's your oyster. Like, just do whatever you want. And, like, I don't know. I I compare it more to Andy Kaufman. Like, sure – it's all kind of in the same genre, but Andy Kaufman did it first, and he did it best. and Kaufman's a better example than Tom Green because he's an actual genius.: Yeah, right, sure. Uh, so I don't I can't tell with Crispin Glover. I get the feeling that it's genuine, that he's just this guy, uh, and that his his you know kind of off-put way of interacting with interviewers is just him.
0: Uh, there's a couple of other minor points that I want I don't really want to care. One I'll notice that the aging makeup job does not survive the transition to Blu-ray very well. Right. Like my the copy we, like the principal's neck he looks like someone like he's survived someone slitting his throat. Yeah, and Doc Brown with too. a with
1: a flaming knife, like a horrific yeah, burn, like and someone a, took a lightsaber
0: and he didn't get all the way through um, it. And and Doc Brown's old makeup job, which Christopher oh, yeah. Lloyd needed at the time, was is terrible. It's mm-hmm. like the makeup effects because they didn't expect people to be able to get that close with that kind of grain. I guess uh, don't yeah. hold up super well.
1: Yeah, it's uh, amazing to me that you can look at the the film footage, like the dailies or whatever, yeah. that come out of that, and go. It'll look good in standard. I mean, def. but that's what they do. It'll like, look you, good like, on the screen, especially on old television. I just I have no idea on how, that how that shit. Right, but I yeah. have no idea how, as a director, in the moment, you go, "Yep, that'll look fine."
0: Well, probably because the daily thing you're viewing it on is is far uh, less detailed yeah, yeah. than. But yeah, I, I worry right. about the opposite. Like, is this going to like when on this is blowing screen. up on 35 millimeter on a 70 foot screen? Yeah, um, it
1: makes me wonder. Like, did that actually look that bad on the big screen? I don't know. I don't remember.
0: I think it's okay. it, it's a symptom of being that close to fifty five inch plasma. Yeah, uh, with that kind of stream, so
1: sixty inch plasma. Thank you very much. Oh, see, <laughs> even five more inches.
0: Uh, can we talk about how weird the save the clock tower campaign is? All right, this lady coming up who, rattling a coin. Like thing. who the fuck campaigns to keep something broken? Like, mm, I mean, I guess it'd be historic, like the Liberty right? Bell. Like, nobody right. wants to fill in the crack on that, but sure. I just felt like it's weird. Like, your clock got straight. They're not talking about tearing it down or fundamentally changing how it's looking. They just want to get the clock to run. Right.
1: Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, obviously, it you needs to happen. know, from a happen. historic perspective, sure.
0: It needs to happen so that he gets the flyer and yeah. so all that.
1: Okay. Flyer leads me somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. I before you still wanna, okay. yeah, I still want to Yeah,
0: cuz I want to talk about do you understand Marty and Jennifer's relationship? That's where I'm going. Yeah. Um because no, not on not in any way. It, it's 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 both true that like you write your name and phone number on a piece of paper. That's like I first met you. That's like goodwill hunting how do you like them apples? Uh-huh. And yet they're talking about tomorrow going up to the lake and spending the night and fucking.
1: Right. Those are completely mutually incompatible ideas. And she also gets a little uh, uncomfortable when he starts talking about laying out under the stars. She's like, oh, none of that. Like, if your parents knew, that sort of stuff. Like, But she's that also, because-
0: like, some somehow, like, she's coming on and pumping the brakes. And, like, right. he's trying to put his hand around her waist. And she's, like, brushing it off. And so- yet she's also <laughs> saying, I forget exactly what, but she made that pretty provocative, I think, uh pun or something i flirting i don't
1: know so i think there are two things going on here i think one of them is the disapproval of their parents uh specifically lorraine uh marty's mom does not approve of their relationship which is Right, right which is hilarious given the context later uh but i think the other thing going on here is maybe that's a number for somewhere else like it's not her number hmm
0: it's a number where of where be she'll be or yeah hmm. interesting okay the other, or, or, or it's the like the other theory uh, I don't is, know. Uh, Doc Brown's coming back into Delorean and fucking with Marty he's changing the timeline subtly so where she doesn't remember <laughs> remembers her and right It changes several times in the conversation uh-huh. <laughs> like uh, yeah
1: you could see Doc Brown meddling in the past and conversations just go in bonkers like the current timeline so we're talking about this being a tight little film I have uh-huh. a problem. Under
0: what circumstances would a rich, well-off Biff borrow Marty McFly's dad's shitty car and then wreck it?
1: Yeah. To fuck with him? I
0: get that you have to have Biff there to establish the relationship, but... So here's what I think happens. He
1: could just be there to pick up the report
0: that he was supposed to copy for him. Like, There's a built-in reason. What the fuck is the direct car is a problem for Mar Like, have the sister wreck the car. Like, Biff? Why is Biff wrecking his car, man? Is the idea that Biff is kind of a loser still? He's not really rich and well off? And- I, I think so. I think Biff is kind of still just
1: an asshole that nobody
0: likes. Oh, and that's because right, in the Back to Future 2 he wasn't rich because he was a genius. He because the almanac. Yeah. Just- so he was just a kind of sleazy guy who I think so, yeah, was
1: working at the same place. that or, McFly was working. I have at? an alternate theory. Yeah. So we see in 1955, Biff has a group of dudes around him, right? Yes. One of them they wearing is one of them is wearing 3D glasses. Yes, that's accurate. He borrowed George's car, gave it to the guy wearing 3D glasses, and the fucker crashed it because he can't see a okay. goddamn thing. <laughs> I think the big problem is
0: I thought that ri- I presumed rich was, r- that Biff was rich.
1: Yeah, i guess
0: not. Because also I, I I thought that Marty's mom and dad were rich, but I don't think they are. I think they're just solid not... middle class and maybe going to be rich because of his book deal. Yeah, maybe. But you know, All they, I got can B, say is... they got a BMW, but they're living in a modest
1: house and right. yeah, they bought her son a new car, that happens. And my doesn't mean they're rich. I mean I go in the I walk in their living room and it is quintessential mid eighties. Oh yeah california living room like these pastels and wicker furniture and these porcelain lamps like adobe style lamps like my parents living room looked exactly like that. sure i think we had that couch (laughs) maybe so Uh, maybe so
0: okay so i've got a lot more to say about the style uh, Uh coming up here in a bit uh can we go to
1: the dinner scene
0: yeah, that's what I was at then right now. where They're okay. all sitting and she's, uh, Lorraine is f- fondly reminiscing about the fish under the sea dance. Uh, and I'm like, is there any possible way that just punching Biff in the face makes this kind of a radical turnaround in your life? Because McFly's yeah. dad, what's his name? It's not- George. George McFly is the fucking worst. He is. He, he's, I mean, he's, I can't imagine, it'd be a nightmare to have him as a father, to have him as a husband. Yeah. To have him as a friend. He's just like this caricature of a terrible, nerdy, broken human being.
1: Yeah, and I, I think they do enough for me to believe that this moment could have changed his life. I mean, okay, w- we see that you know, they they give a lot of history um, and that's one thing this dinner scene does really well is connect the dots and give you a lot of like, like father, like son moments and also just a lot of Backstory that we then later refute with the actual facts as right. seen in 1955 it's, it's really a masterpiece of tight storytelling here and foreshadowing. Um, but the other thing, like, I think with George McFly, he, he really builds on that confidence from that one moment, right? Like, we don't see the interim 30 years, but that one moment showed him that he could be confident and that he could win the day. And so... Extrapolate thirty years from then, I think he could become a completely different person. Mm-hmm. um and, and they do at the dance. Also, they do a moment where he is kind of fitting. He's kind of settling into his newfound role as confident George McFly,
0: right? Because he almost flip flopped, right, the, when the right. the redhead cut in on him.
1: Yeah, and Marty's disappearing and laying on the ground, and George comes back in and shoves. See, he's already starting into the bull. He's he's flipped he into is. the bully role. He could have been like, right.
0: hey, "Take off, hoser," but no, he just grabs the guy at his face and shoves him down. You're right. Kicks You're sand right. In his George
1: McFly, at the end of this not a good guy. Yeah.
0: More confident, more successful, I'm not n- a nicer guy. family, and but Biff is still an asshole. And so was that guy for cutting in on him. <laughs> Maybe he's just dispensing rough street justice to All people right. that needs it. I can buy that. I mean, he's not an asshole for kicking. Biff's ass in the first place. No, stop no. the rape for Christ's sake. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about the DeLorean? Okay. Yeah. One thing I've wondered as a man now, because I look back and I also thought the DeLorean is cool. Sure. Uh, Doc Brown says, if you're going to build a time machine, why not do it in style? Was the DeLorean really a cool car, or do I only think it's cool because because Doc Brown I don't, is not a cool guy? Although he does have taste, good taste in cars. Uh, yeah, his he does. 1955 ride was. So but, he bought
1: it with uh, his inheritance, right?
0: Uh, he spent. Well, he said he spent all of his family's considerable fortune into the time machine.
1: Right. I think uh, if you look at some of the articles, like he inherited a bunch of land and then he sold it off. Yeah. Or, or maybe his father did, and then he inherited that money. But I'm trying to think of like, is the De- was the
0: DeLorean ever ever a legitimately cool car, or was it like a niche kind of gadget? You know, like a nerd. would yeah. Think it's a cool car. It's
1: impossible for me to say. Like, it was such a limited run. Um, and it was, you know, uh, just so unconventional. Like if it was a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, I'd be like, oh yeah, it's a cool car. There's still cool cars. But the learn it, like, the right. defunct
0: now, it's like And like it wasn't hipster, that fast. A hipster nerd car. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like a supercar. It's like fucking Datsun. Right. Stainless steel Datsun. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was made out of some cool space age material. Which I give Nissan
0: 300Zs are fucking cool cars now, but, like, I, my dad had a fucking Datsun. Right. It was not a cool car. It looked. It kind of looked. Cool it's like and the racy. Mazda Miata,
1: right? Like it looks kind of cool. Like mid nineties. I wouldn't say a Mazda Miata. They're fun to drive. I wouldn't call them cool. They look sporty, whereas a lot of cars in that sure. period don't. Sure. Um. It, but I mean, but it's also a very mid range car. It's a Subaru WRX cool. Uh, it's fast.
0: It's techy. It is fast. I don't know that it looks as cool. I wouldn't call it a cool car though. Right. I mean respect. That if you you're got a gearhead, one, maybe that's what I'm saying. Like that, but you know, right cool is like know. five-year-old boy. Like goes, "Holy shit!" when he sees it going down the street. I
1: can tell you for sure there were posters on a lot of walls of this car. So, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it was cool before this movie or not, it certainly was afterward. I'm excited because I feel like we'll get feedback. Yeah, yeah, people there, who are maybe like a ten years older than yeah. There's and, like 55,
0: 60 yeah. year old guys would be like, "Hell yeah, I was lusting." And, and and please disclose whether you were a nerd or not because
1: that that makes that a helps. difference. Yeah. Uh, I one also, thing I forgot about the dinner scene, real quick. Sure. Marty's sister looks like a fucking Fred Armisen Portlandia character dressed in drag, right? Yeah, and she's not the right. hottest girl in town just because your dad punched Biff when you come back to the future kid. Right? I mean, like they... I, they sure, her hair and clothes are not helping her. My yeah, God. Sure. But you come back, and I, I don't know. She's all right, I guess. She's, <laughs> yeah, she's no longer Fred Armisen dressed in drag. Exactly. But my God, the way they dress her in the, the pre-time shift 80s. Whew. I, I got some kick out of like some of the just plot er error, like, he's like, would you like to
0: witness the birth of Christ? He puts in December 25th 00 or
1: whatever. Right. And I'm like, that... Which at the very least gives you less than a day to get to where Jesus was born from the U.S. with no boats. Sure. (laughs) How do you, yeah, what's your you're plan not here, witness man? Witness the birth of
0: Christ. You're going to witness. First of all, yeah. If, if, if you think Jesus gonna was gonna born your own on scalping, December 25th of any year, uh-huh. you're out of your goddamn mind. And also, isn't it like modern scholarship now saying that the historical Jesus, if there was such a first right. person, was born like in the year 2 BCE? Oh, is he? Okay. Like they're like not even on the whole. Our whole calendar is a lie, right? And I think also I, I mean the signing specially. of the Declaration of Independence, July. I don't even think that's true. I think it was actually signed like July 3rd or something. Really? I don't know. That might be. Don't 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 put that on your history uh, 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 quiz. Well, well, you don't
1: even have to leave the universe to say he couldn't have witnessed the uh, the birth of Christ. That's what I'm saying. Spatially, it doesn't work. Right. You need to put the DeLorean on a on a truck Uh on a cargo
0: container, drive across the Atlantic, up the Mediterranean, into Israel, go to Bethlehem, and then take a wild guess to try to find the manger that he was born at. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, one point. Uh, Jesus. Uh, one point twenty-one gigawatts. Gigawatts. Classic. Is it the biggest plot hole in the film that this <laughs> brilliant physicist and this scientist can't pronounce gigawatt? L- Let me ask you this: Have was you ever no, met... Was there no science advisors? Like, okay, no, no. <laughs> it's
1: it's the hard G versus the the soft G. Have you ever met a really good programmer who you respected and thought was a good programmer? And they call the GIF a JIF. Well, to be—I mean,
0: it, the I, I call it GIF, but the correct right. pronunciation is actually JIF. Right.
1: So, which is stupid. So I can't really fault him sure. too much. because Or the
0: guys that insist on saying SQL instead of SQL. <laughs> right. I'm like, did you just fall right. off a turnip truck? What the fuck, dude?
1: Yeah. So I—I I mean, you know, it's always bothered me uh-huh. that he says gigawatt. I think it's, but funny. it's always been funny. Yeah, it's always been like a weird personality quirk for Doc Brown that I <laughs> liked it. Also, uh,
0: I, I learned that plutonium looks like Robotussin. <laughs>
1: right? What did he tint the plutonium red? <laughs> Is plutonium a liquid? No, it's not. I it's know. a fucking metal, man. Right? It's Come not on. mercury. No. It's not liquid at room temperature. No. What the fuck are you doing? Does it need to be stored in a little glass container? I don't know. No, it it's could movie be plutonium. like because there's
0: a. I... I feel like there's another element when you're doing fusion, like tr- tritium or tritium, mm-hmm. that maybe you could put in, or maybe that's like a moderator. But I mean, it, they make it seem like that is the, the plutonium that's coming out of the case and into the the oh, reactor. Totally, yeah. I don't know. And he's wanting to go 25 years into the future to see the progress of mankind. <laughs> uh we got the internet, Doc. <laughs> right. And That's about it. Like, I, we, what is you're he? You're vastly
1: like, well. Everyone. Maybe he expects. A very little amount of progress. Now, Look he at comes this fucking back.
0: movie. They think we're going to have flying
1: cars and shit. We don't have anything. He comes back with pure anachronisms. Re- regardless of whether you compare like 25 years ago to the change that happened up sure. until 1985, like 1960 to 1985, th- no flying car shit happened. Yes. Not Well, the moon. The, the fucking moon landing happened. Well,
0: that, I mean, I feel like that's, that's a one that's thing. That's tough is to like, refute. <laughs> uh, the technology in aerospace came so far so fast, but then yeah. kind of hit a wall. And, like, well, right. it's kind of dumbness in people in the space. Let's not do it so much. Um, I mean, there's nothing stopping us from going to Mars, and we just don't. Sure. Um, but, like, all the tech turned inward, like, more mm-hmm. efficient uh, computerization. Like, no one saw the Internet.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's completely missed predictions yeah. on all parts. I mean, hoverboards, flying cars.
0: I feel like movies have gotten better at that holograms. lately. Movies set in the near future do not do the flying car trope. Like, you have to be 100-plus years in the future before we right. have flying yeah. cars and fucking androids and shit.
1: Yeah. Now, I would be comfortable extrapolating, like, a lot of robotics uh-huh. into our future, like so, AI and stuff. Like, Her is a pretty good example. Like, I, I think we'll get pretty close to that pretty soon mm-hmm. um within maybe a 25 year window oh yeah but ai
0: is going to be and then who knows and like self-driving cars sure. and like all, all sure.
1: electrics and stuff like that but yeah they really so here's my question about it i think doc brown's plan to only go 25 years in the future is a good one because yes. what happens how long into the how far into the future do you go on your first jump into the future that's a good that's a good point because there's a lot of scary shit jumping into the future like yeah. with the past you at the very least know you're not going to spring into an uninhabitable earth for instance well uh, you with, don't because
0: what if a, what if a, the next day the earth gets hit by a comet the size of texas and literally it's the surface of the earth is now a volcanic hellscape
1: but if you're going into the past it doesn't matter past fine i'm you said right right future no if i said future i misspoke i, oh. I meant at least going into the past you know none yes. of that is gonna happen yes you're right with the future you're right you could jump a day into the future and yep. the earth could be completely uninhabitable. You could be breathing methane. Sure. Uh, you don't fucking know. Yeah, no. I mean, like I
0: said, I mean, nowadays it seems like it's getting less and less likely that, I mean, I used to keep me up at night. The idea of something that would smack us, but I feel like now we've got almost like we've, we've actually gotten a handle on that. Enough smart people are like, Oh shit, that's right. And we can just, you know, and the, we've, we've pretty much cataloged everything that could wipe out earth. And if one was going to hit us, I think we could come up with a plan to, to, to nudge okay. it out of the way
1: yeah i mean that's still nuclear fallout oh sure who, i mean i can't what the can... fuck... and they talk about a
0: scary anachronism that's not can you believe that 30 years after the movie uh the fact that they're using some kind of middle eastern terrorist plot that's still completely right. revel- relevant to our world yeah
1: in this movie it's the libyans in uh, the real world, we're worried about yeah. Like war. you make
0: a movie in uh, 1945
1: Iranians. about the Nazis still being around in 30 years, people be
0: like, ha, ha, ha. And, right. and they'd be proven right. But like uh-huh. we, that's still something we deal with. That's uh, not Libyans, right? Uh, so, uh, so uh, so to speak. But
1: what what would be your plan? Like, let's say I give you a time machine. I can say you can jump into the future. You can jump into the past. Uh, you you get tired of the past stuff, right? Like that's all fun, and good. You're. Fine, you go back, you found Microsoft, you become uh-huh. a billionaire, or whatever. You're jumping into the future for the first time. What's your plan? I think 25 years is actually a pretty good plan. Oh, man, that's risky. Why? It's... It, At no point in human history has
0: humanity completely morphed into something different in 25 years. A hundred years, you, you start going from a like horse and buggy to cars, or electricity to you know, right. not electricity. But
1: but there's acceleration. I mean, we've we've seen... A lot of acceleration in discoveries and in technology. And like, I would be worried that five, 25 years in the future is a little too much. I might go 510. Just test the water, see how things look. But you only have Take, so much takes... plutonium,
0: and you don't know that, like, that's the other things. Like, I wish we uh-huh. discovered fusion reactors, right. much less have one running on rotten bananas that can fit in a car, but... uh uh-huh. I don't know, what's your... Pl- so, five, ten years, you think? Because I think five okay, years that, that is isn't, disappointing. That
1: is an interesting constraint, like, like, like the amount of plutonium you are living in the guy.
0: year 2007. Uh-huh. You're now in 2015. How excited are you? Right. Uh, Half-Life
1: 3 not still super isn't excited. out. Shit. Right? I mean, Duke Nukem Forever is. Shit. Yeah, no, really,
0: that's like, <laughs> it's almost pop culture trivia questions you could answer there. Right.
1: Um, and it's much safer to go back in time to mm-hmm. make a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I'm not actually sure about that. It might be safer to go into the future a little bit, get some information that can make you some money in the present, well, you could, come back. You, you, because you risk changing too much in the past well also to where none of this shit even happens and you also you yourself. could set
0: up like some kind of legal trust or instrument that you would always have money in the future uh-huh. or probably have money in the future and you've also got a much better chance of being able to affect a repair to your sophisticated time machine in the future than if you go back to ancient egypt right. just to see them build the pyramids and like oh That's shit your your uh magneto or your you know, you
1: fucking cracked the spark plug how you fix that. Right. I mean, it's Back to the Future 3. Sure. <laughs> That's well, exactly the premise. Uh yeah. But I'm talking about it from like a paradox causality ah. uh, avenue, right? Like uh-huh. I'm going back in time, and I think I'm going to make myself a billionaire in the future. Instead, I accidentally kill myself. I cause some chain of events that sure. makes, makes me irrelevant, and I never come into being. Uh, I feel like going into the future a year, t- picking up on the hot stock tips, and then going back uh-huh. and and doing that over and over. But you're right, you have a limitation of plutonium. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you get around that, because it seems like they have, what, eight eight charges, and they use two of them in this movie? Imagine if you have a time machine, stealing shit would be fairly trivial. Good
0: point. So... Good point. I yeah. think that, that you could – once you the, the trick would be getting your hands on the first plutonium to make it happen. But once you got that, I mean, if, at the bare minimum, you could just <laughs> – So you're like a guy who invests in
1: more wishes, right? Like you use yeah. your plutonium to seek out more plutonium. When you get low on plutonium, you start I then think you do it thinking, right away. Do you? Okay, I think you get stock a it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you
0: don't want to wait till you get low because what if it doesn't work? Right. What happens if – like so he stole the plutonium in the first place somehow. Uh-huh wouldn't you just go back five minutes before the original Doc Brown
1: stole it and stole it again, or would that cause a causality loop? Uh, that's a good question, yeah. So if you use plutonium <laughs> that you haven't yet stolen... Yeah, you can't. You just can't go back to the same well in time and keep stealing plutonium. That's the thing, because we were watching this, and um, I was like... I think I was talking about how they're running out of plutonium or whatever, and you said, well, we know that Doc gets shot, we know uh-huh. that Marty drives away... Marty's watching this happen. He can run in, grab the plutonium, keep trying this over and over. That 10-minute sure. window he gave himself isn't enough, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because he has an infinite supply of plutonium yep. just sitting there on the ground. Yep. He can try this as many times as he needs to get it right. Which that's now you're talking about violating probably. But then I'm talking about the DeLorean maybe being the cause of him not not getting there, controlled by the universe or time or whatever. Plus, matter can't
0: be created or destroyed. If you, you're essentially creating more matter... You but are, there's some yeah. entropy problems here as well. Right. Anyway, uh, we need Stephen Hawking in here so he could tell us why we're fucked. Uh, so he goes back to the future. Uh, first of all, surprising the Volkswagen bus performance. Oh, yeah. It can, I mean, up until you get to 80, it can keep up with you and carve corners like that DeLorean. <laughs> I'm starting to think that DeLorean was not that
1: cool of a car. Well, I'm starting to think <laughs> the machinery that Doc straps to it is extremely oh, heavy. Oh yeah. Extraordinarily a nuclear heavy. Nuclear reactor in the in the trunk. He's replaced all the, the stainless steel with lead. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, right? I guess. You can't have that thing shielded. What no, are you, he specifically Reaver? mentions like stainless steel being the perfect yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. S- some condenser to for its side to yeah, dissipate. Uh,
0: I actually think that the actual traveling back in time effects are pretty cool. Although I will say that, Doc Brown, if you don't know that this is going to work, and you do seem surprised that the car disappears and bursts into flames, don't fucking stand in front of it. What? I mean... I
1: know! Like, yes, if your calculations are correct, but what if they're wrong? If they're wrong, you're dead. If they're correct and you wait too long, you're dead. Uh like he just barely jumps he he grabs Marty and they jump out of the way of the DeLorean as it comes back cuz he waited a full minute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like that thing at the Tina Fey movies. Like you see so, you see something brown on your knuckle and like is that chocolate or poop? <laughs> you, don't taste you don't it. You don't look because yeah, if it's chocolate all well, but what if it's poop? Yeah. What are you what are you doing, man? I'm with you. There's a very I mean there's a lot of stuff like this Peabody Farm sequence with the Oh yeah, let's talk about this. with, with the I mean, it's just so hilarious because Marty's wearing his full radiation suit. He's driving what looks like a spaceship. When the wi- yeah. it, when the thing opens, it looks like he's it's got no wings, but then it's got wings. <laughs> right. It's so fucking good. And his son's like, he's mutated in the human form. It's it's great.
1: Yeah, um, and so there's a, an Easter egg here that I don't know. I certainly didn't notice. I don't know if you noticed it, but uh, Marty has this interaction. The guy chases him off with a shotgun. He drives a DeLorean out. He runs over one of the pines. This guy he's a pine He reader. is invested in in these fucking pines like yeah. he's not worried about his family he's not worried about the cows in the barn he screams my pines what? as marty runs one over and here's the coolest thing the the sign when he comes back from the future it's uh the twin pines mall is yes, now sir. the lone pine mall yes yep. which is awesome but it also tells me what the fuck is this guy's plan if he's farming pines and he only has two pines and he one of them gets knocked out he well, doesn't plant more
0: pines? He says that Crazy Peabody was a pine tree breeder. Right. He didn't say cultivator. Not a farmer? He not, didn't say farmer. Not like those... He didn't say agriculturist. He said breeder. Like, I feel like there's some kind of freakish pine experiments going on here. Because...
1: Okay. You know? Yeah. Because also, if you got... Yeah. Two pines does not a farm make. No. And the unnatural attachment to them. I think he's fucking these pines.
0: I do think so. I think so. There's some knots and there's some round. There's some smooth branches and unspeakable things are happening. (laughs) Uh, Question: You go back to the future, right? How long? Back to the future or back? Okay. How long does it take you to fucking – and this is my thing about zombie movies and a lot of different things. How long does it take you to just fucking accept the circumstances from which you find yourself?
1: That's a good question.
0: Because it's not tedious in this movie because it's mostly entertaining. But I just watched this film called Triangle. That's a horror film that deals – you should you should watch it because it's interesting. Okay. It deals with a lot of causality and loops that you can get stuck in and like, I don't know, kind of hard sci-fi horror movie involving a boat in the tropics and whatnot. Nice. uh But what drove me crazy about this movie is that a lot of the premise was, a lot of the action was driven by these people's unwillingness to consider that something fucking weird was happening to them, even upon mounting evidence. And Marty does the same shit. Like, the newspaper is what finally sells you, you dumb fuck. If you yeah, put me back the- in 1985 Mooresville, Indiana, I would immediately know this is in 1985 Mooresville. Or if, if I was in 1985 Mooresville, you put me back in 1955. I'd immediately know it because, like, oh, shit, the Kroger's isn't there. Right. Like, he drives out to his family's house, and he suddenly slams on the brakes because all there is is, the, like, the lions outside. But you didn't notice that there's nothing but cornfield until you got there? <laughs> like, Christ, man. Like, yeah. I get it's unbelievable, but also the scientist guy told you you're in a time machine. He sent his dog back. A and car
1: disappeared. Magical burst into flames machine with his dog that came back. I mean, like, what more do you need? Right. The evidence fairly quickly mounts, I think. Um, yes. But I, you're right. The newspaper is not what does it. Actually, I think going back to the town... And seeing all the changes there probably would do it for me.
0: Yeah. Um, I flatter to think to myself that if, like, even if I something crazy, like aliens, or that if I was actually in a crazy situation like that, I wouldn't spend 15 minutes like, oh, this can't be real. This can't, be, this has got to be a dream. But that's like such a trope.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's when, <laughs> don't when don't we get exceptional ri- things happening require exceptional evidence and, I think he gets it before the newspaper. I want to make like an like like a, like a scream style deconstruction
0: of the time travel or the movie where someone's just like, okay, this is fucked up, and I'm going to roll with it instead of spending 15 minutes like a landed fish. Okay, like I'm back in the past. i just now. I'm going to make this happen. This is like a short. I don't know. It could be 90 minutes.
1: <laughs> Once you get past the first part of that, doesn't it just become every time travel movie? Like,
0: well, it's sure. That's like okay. I mean the genre awareness of Scream is is not the only interesting thing about it like how right. dare you insult my future writing. <laughs> Sorry. Uh anyway, uh
1: can can we stay on time travel oh, a little bit here? One,
0: one, one piece of detail about is okay. Marty a nerd? Oh, He's right. He's got a Casio calculator watch. But that he also is, has a Walkman. He also has a Walkman. I had a Walkman, and I was a hardcore nerd. Okay. I'm (laughs) telling you, Casio watch is indicator A1 that you are, in fact, a nerd. It's
1: a calculator watch, too. It's a calculator watch. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. You're right. Yes, it is. Definitive proof. Marty McFly is a dork. He was a dweeb. He was. Uh, I watched, or watched, I read some discussions about this movie, and they brought up an interesting point how this movie is kind of an amalgamation of sci-fi and every John Hughes movie you've ever seen mixed with this family movie, because like on all levels, like John Hughes stuff. Typically your parents aren't going to appreciate it, right? You're 16. You're going to see breakfast club. There's no parent going into that saying like rooting for the the high school kids. Mm -hmm. It's all about the kids. Ferris Bueller's day off all about the kids. Mm -hmm. This movie does it all. This movie, it, it ropes in the nerds with the sci-fi angle. Um, it, it does, you know, the John Hughes sci-fi, or John Hughes nerd stuff, um, teenager angst, sort of, like, I wish I could change my family type stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it also gets the family perspective, like the parents in it, because they're all looking at this going, oh, yeah, no, uh, I remember when I was a kid in the 50s, that stuff was, it was sure, we were boozing, we were smoking, sure. we were fucking, it's, uh, Lorraine, we, we get your game here. Uh-huh. You're trying to make your kids better, we get it. Yeah. We get it. So, like, every angle it hits, which makes this, like, a true family blockbuster film.
0: I was So, you're talking about, the like, the, the parents enjoying it and all this stuff. One thing I wanted to comment on is the fact that it's crazy to me that in 2016, the 1985 stuff looks way dated. But the 1955 stuff is kind of cool. Like, oh, there's several yeah, people yeah. here rocking haircuts and clothes that... I would I could totally see in a bar in downtown Cincinnati by young hip people wearing.
1: Yeah, I mean look at look at all the pop stars like they have haircuts a lot like some sure. of these 50 like uh, There's a lot Biff's of people haircut. rocking the Bieber in, right. in there. Yeah. Exactly. Uh and you know all these flannels coming back and mm-hmm. like just you know toss on a flannel a t-shirt. You're good Skinny to go. Skinny jeans, peg legs. Right. Right. It, it all comes back around. Has the rolled up jeans come back. I think
0: so. I feel so. like I've seen some dudes yeah. with some jean rolled the rolled up jeans or uh, walking around. Yeah. I just think that's that's an indictment of fashion, isn't it? It's just a trick that they play on. Just, every 30 years they're going to roll out the same shit and we're going to be like, "Oh, retro she-group. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, and guess what? 80s 80s is coming up, right? Uh, yes. We I mean, be, as far as we, retro we, goes, we've certainly. just yeah, I mean, although it's weird because we we went hardcore in the 70s and then like, didn't we come back to, like, super, like, old-school cool? Like, the James Dean era cool? Right. Uh, maybe they maybe the 80s was just a terrible idea, and we'll just never get back around to it. I think the 70s was. 70s. Oh. 70s came back. It, it Some never, elements, right? I don't think right? it ever yeah. got to, like, the everyday wear, like, the way that the 50s stuff has gotten now in the yeah. 60s. Mm-hmm. But... You know, in high fashion, definitely the '70s came out. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about future fashion. Couture, what? Let's talk about what oh, Doc Brown sake. comes back wearing. He's at the wearing end of this a movie. jacket made of condoms, and
1: <laughs> yeah, that's and exactly the, sim-
0: the way we dress in, in 2016 or whatever.
1: Right. It's just another, you know, guesstimation of what we would be wearing and doing. And I the
0: feel future. like they've done a better job with that too now. Yeah, like in, I think so. when you, we get uh,
1: near future clothes, it's not. I mean, I go back to her. Her is a perfect example of that. Yes, they're wearing some weird stuff, but it's all just slight variations yes. of what we're wearing today. Sure, um, which is also like incorporating retro fashion as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they do a much better job in a movie like that. Of uh, near future guessing.
0: Uh, another random thing i thought uh so mayor goldie is giving uh marty's dad a pep talk in the diner and he's like you know boy you can be anybody like blah, 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 and, and marty says that's right you're gonna be mayor yep who actually takes that as praise like if someone said that to me in the middle of a pep talk i turn and be like hey pal fuck you and you were working in a diner i'm just trying to help nobody... this guy don't be making like you know don't be fucking making fun of me but right. No, he's right. like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be the mayor.
1: Yeah, and it. I don't know. I the only thing I can think in that scene is chicken or egg. Like, mm. did he become the mayor because Marty said it's it, or paradox? Did he know he was the mayor because A positive paradox? He became the
0: mayor. Yeah. Why Doc Brown's uh, creeping up with uh, Marty because they're best friends. Yep. Uh, how do you respect either of your parents after this? What Your do you dad's mean? a creeper. Your mom is <laughs> a whor- uh, 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 horn. I almost said a horn dog. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, actually, I was to say horn dog, but I think it. it I stuttered. It almost sounded like I called her a whore. Don't oh. do that. Yeah, I'm she's a ho- She's whoring around, nah. drinking and smoking. She lived. We all did. Right. Um, right. Uh, how does. do you ever go back and like she's smoking, she's drinking, she's trying, and, and this isn't an, a scarring experience for you as well. Uh huh. Like. First of all, you jump to the idea of putting your paws on your mother as a way to get your dad on to first base. What the fuck, Marty? <laughs> it's creepy. Can we just talk... Let's just talk about... Everything. All their family. You come here and you accidentally get your mom in love with you. Okay. Instead of this convoluted Rube Goldberg mousetrap kind of fucking way to put your hands on your mama's titties so that your dad can come to the rescue, <laughs> why don't you just shit your pants? <laughs> And and like when she's like, you just you're sitting there talking to her, you just shit your pants and didn't. Every time you see her, if it doesn't uh, work the first uh, time, uh, this isn't an accident. This happens like two, three times a week. (laughs) So your plan is to repulse her. That seems like the way because she naturally wants to bone your dad, or else you wouldn't be here. So just get the fuck out of the way, man. Right,
1: right. Uh, Like you could, you could get a
0: sharpie and put a fucking swastika on your head. How well do you think that would play in 1950s America? <laughs> How old he would it play in the 2015? Act like you're a fascist neo,
1: like a not even neo Nazi, just a Nazi. Right, right. So there are much easier ways. So he would still have to go in a bat cleanup, right? Like he shits his pants. She is absolutely repulsed by the man <laughs> shitting himself every time she sees him. He still has to go in and make sure that they connect. Does he? Because they did find the first time through, right? But it was all about the car. The car hitting George meant that he spent time with her and she got to know him beyond his awkward personality. I got
0: the idea that if George – if he just said, hey, George, you should hit on her. She's into you. I got the idea that the diner that um, if he had gone in there and said something like, "Uh, I want to go to the dance with you, you're my destiny. Because she said, oh, I mean, the look on her face was like, this is kind of charming. Like, I think that's all it takes. Really?
1: See, I thought he fucked up that encounter.
0: Oh, no, it's totally, but she was still kind of... Well,
1: that's what I mean when I say fucked thing is, up. She wasn't into it.
0: I would never considered Crispin Glover an attractive man, right? but at this stage in his youth and health and glowingness in the 50s attire, it kind of was working for him.
1: He just needs a better haircut. Don't do that crazy undercut shave thing and... Sure. And maybe get a little less disheveled. I thought he was reasonably...
0: In the same way that yeah. uh, uh, What's-Her-Face is like leah thompson leah thompson not crazy hot but well, he's
1: pretty attractive that's for what i'm saying 1950s she's, but yeah. I, that's
0: what i'm saying like ac you're not gonna ever you know uh can, confuse him for like a legitimately super hot dude but were you going I, to
1: ac slater territory is that where you were going no what you said ac something
0: ac i don't know god just too many a. C. There's ac green it's too many eight greens oh, okay glovers crispins honey bunch, bunches <laughs> right. of oats. Like, so
1: yeah. I, I read that scene as he, he spectacularly failed. I mean, obviously he goes in quoting Density and stuttering and stammering. Yeah, I thought the whole reason they ever got together was because of the, the car. I mean, it that, is. Th- That's the way they tell it in the, the pre-shift
0: 1985. You're right. But I, I do think that George had asked her out because she did seem to react positively. And it was only Calvin Klein flying by on his s- skateboard and just being the
1: coolest motherfucker in town. Right. So I'm going to add to the creepiness of George McFly, both in the past and the present mm-hmm. uh, and, and the future. This fundamentally changes their relationship in a lot of different ways. Not only is he more confident, but what story do they tell their kids now about <laughs> Damn, how they son, met? You know, Biff, my lackey, right? He was up on your
0: mom trying to rape her. What? He's in the driveway, Dad. Yeah. Why is it? Why are you allowing him anywhere near Mom? Yeah. I have a young. I have a younger daughter. <laughs> right?
1: Like, what do you leave them alone? Like, does Biff ever babysat her? So, like, so do they tell them that? And if not, is this grab assing that they're playing in front of their kids not like a creepy reminder of the way that they met <laughs> to each other? I don't know. Like, did you? I
0: don't. Did, I don't. Did your parents like my parents? Weren't super affectionate.
1: No, no, no. I, I never like saw a lot of.
0: You Isn't know what weird? you would call
1: sexuality for my parents? Like I mean, I, I mean, like uh, I think it's pretty normal. I think that's a thing that
0: parents do. No, but I'm saying, like, is it weird? Because like, I don't like get inappropriate, but like, I'll something. Yeah, I kiss Cecily. Sometimes I'll, I'll give her a playful right. slap on a slap on the ass when my son's in the room. Like, I felt okay. like that my parents were over on the other side, like too reserved. Like that's not a realistic view of a relationship.
1: Yeah. I mean, I certainly have seen my I had seen numerous occasions where my parents have kissed Okay But it wasn't anything like a, a grab of the ass Or like anything that would say, hey, we fuck Like that sort of thing <laughs> It was more just like, hey, mom and dad, kiss That's the okay. thing Okay, I I can, I can only remember
0: my mom and dad kissing like two or three times my whole life Really? Okay Yeah
1: That's hmm.
0: Yeah, anyway Uh, I also like the fact that uh, Lorraine's dad, presumably Marty's grandpa, uh, yells into the house, uh, so-and-so, my wife's name, another of these damn kids jumped in front of me. Like, how many kids has he (laughs) mowed down in
1: this block? Right. You get the impression. And has Lorraine slept with them all? Yeah. (laughs) Here's the other thing about that. I'm confused as to what possible reason you would have for writing your own name in your underwear. You I, did a little bit of hypothesizing, and I think you came up with a pretty good well, solution. I, I but... know that
0: people have done that; that was a thing that people done in the past. But I think it's something that like you do with kids, because like so let's say you've got you got three boys in the house, and they're seven, nine, and 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 uh, ten. It's not like you can visually distinguish. And and back, this is back in the fifties. Right. Everyone's got the same fucking tidy whities right? Right. You don't have the shark boxers. But nobody wants to wear your brother's underwear. No, of course they're going to be a little Ugh. too tight or whatever. So you put, and it's just kind of grody. So so mom writes your name and sharpie on the waist tag so that uh, okay. when she's
1: putting your clothes away, she puts them in the right dresser. Okay, this is for mom's benefit, not yours. Yeah. Because well, it's I mean indirectly for you. But I also think that maybe that was a
0: part of military culture that got imported. Like, doesn't that make sense? Or like, I don't. You get these GIs, and like, how do they keep their underwear separate? That's presumably all going and getting laundered by some service. They're not doing it themselves, and they come to college and they're living in dorms. Same thing. Like, you got to put your name in your underwear to keep it
1: distinguished. Okay, that's fair. I I just you know, I guess that might have happened to me. I'm not sure because I have a brother who's two years younger. You know, I imagine our underwear was See, that's not dissimilar. I had a
0: sister who was five years younger well, than me and my brother's, don't, like, don't, two years. So, like, there was no...
1: No mistaking your sister. i in moved into underwear. boxers
0: by the time.
1: Right. My, I took I took the leap to boxers. Uh, yeah. But pre- your mom didn't keep... Uh, you ought to
0: ask her sometime. Uh,
1: <laughs> right. I can do that. Yeah. I was like, shit. No, <laughs> Maybe if I work. had a
0: DeLorean. Uh, how did you keep our brother's uh, underwear Apart. When are you coming back to the Kingdom Hall? What, <laughs> <laughs> what if she said, I didn't?
1: I'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, fuck you, Mom. Because
0: <laughs> you guys were about the same. Like, Maybe she didn't.
1: Haven't you seen Back to the Future? I'm a
0: product of my family. Uh, I love the reaction that Doc Brown has to the idea that Ronald Reagan is the president. And I'm thinking, like, if you go, glorious, if you go yeah. back into like 1990, and uh-huh. like say Trump wins the election this year, oh
1: god, and say
0: like, who's the president? Donald Trump. He's like that. Billionaire, um, depending on what's decade, it'd be that billionaire asshole, that guy that just bankrupted his company, uh-huh. that guy that's on The Apprentice. Like, <laughs> Right. You would get roughly the same reaction. It would be insane to consider. Because if, but... you, if you go back 18 months ago and ask anybody on the street, Donald Trump's running for president and he's the front runner, uh-huh. nobody believes you. You're right. Nobody believes you. You're absolutely
1: right. Here, here's the other thing. So we talked you about. Calvin- say that, to be fair, because can say the same thing about Bernie Sanders. They'd go, who? so oh sure yeah, yeah yeah uh but but at least it wouldn't be an immediate no yeah no fuck you yeah, that's don't, wrong donald no the guy with the hair yeah no uh so the other thing about calvin klein and his mother mm-hmm. how do these two people who were so irrevocably changed by this kid in 1955 not realize, oh, my God, as 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 Marty McFly you grows to be like 12, 13, 15 years old, how do they not recognize him as the man who changed their lives forever? Well, when Calvin Klein underwear becomes a thing, how do you not put two and two together? Right, Like, you, there'd be, like, I don't know. This would all be very memorable for them, yes? Yes. Like, we met at this dance, this crazy guy who got us together in the first place and tried to rape me. Yeah. Because... Or, or no, no. wait. Well, I, I tried. tried to rape I him. tried to rape. Yeah. Uh, on On the night where you saved me from getting raped, played this crazy Johnny B. Good thing that went off the fucking rails. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. Uh huh. You would remember Calvin. <laughs> totally, Klein.
0: totally. So and how it's does, your own how,
1: son? Like <laughs> right? you
0: look just like.
1: As he ages, you would get
0: progressively more creeped out. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Because it's would not like Lorraine it. was seven; she was eighteen. Right. Like, I would right? definitely remember s- someone that I tried... I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> a little bit of a plot hole. Um, so here's where we, we said this movie's so tightly plotted, because, like, you know, this whole thing, you need 1.21 gigawatts. The only right. way you can get it is from a bolt of lightning. I don't know if that's true or not, but the movie says it is. Might be. And it's like, the only problem is you don't know when or where it will strike! Yeah. But Marty's got the fucking flyer that apparently has down to the second perfect of of when because that's the thing this is a split fucking second operation yeah and they gotta they gotta i don't i don't know that that clock has a second hand didn't look like it and even if they did no it it doesn't have a second hand so how do you know precisely when it struck like if you're just using your Uh, pocket watch to time it
1: i can only imagine it's in that article that the flyer right. has the actual seconds. The even thing though,
0: froze at such and, and that however many t- revolutions right. of the years We were able to determine that it was precisely at. Okay. Yeah.
1: And like maybe they figured out after the fact, wrote it in the article, and now how Marty has it. How does Doc Brown info. though, though? Well, Marty would have that flyer. Oh,
0: I guess he would watch to see when the the, the, the minute hand well, I mean, actually they advances. They can calculate
1: seconds in 1955. Yeah, but I'm saying, how do you know your clock is the same as the clock tower? The synchronized clocks. You watch for the clock to change. As soon as the hand goes. But that's what those big clocks. I don't
0: think the the hand like clicks over. Oh, it doesn't. I think it's like it gradually moves. Anyway, yeah, you're you're probably right. Not the biggest problem in the movie, but it's like I start (laughs) thinking, like, man,
1: how do they get this timing just so? Well, the problem there is getting the car to connect at the exact second.
0: Yes, I mean that's the tricky part. At 88 miles an hour. Now that's just That's just an exercise in physics. But Marty has to like. They should have practiced this. Now I assume it's 88 and up. Yes. Oh, it just has to be at least 88 At miles least 88. But I'm saying to the, the nail it perf, in perf, perfection, you have yeah. to know exactly how fast you're going and when you have to hit this. And, uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And he fucks it up, too, right? The DeLorean won't start. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's time fucking with him. Maybe that's time uh, saying, if you were to go now, he, you would miss it. He has to hit it, or else the there, thing doesn't he, work. He couldn't not hit it. All right. Because as he's trying to start, the time's fucking with him. Let's go with that. Okay. Uh...
0: So, they're at the school the next day, and Marty's trying to hook his dad up. Wouldn't the principal know that Marty doesn't belong? In his own fucking school, in 1950s America, wouldn't this principal know, Hey, kid, yeah. the fuck are you? you? Probably. And then, they p- keep panning, and Doc Brown... <laughs> You would certainly notice the 45-year-old creeper in the zoot suit and the hat and the shocking hair. Uh-huh. Like,
1: what the hell are you doing around all these teenage girls, sir? Well, you, you realize the reason they gave him the hat, right? Why? To hide his hair. Like, he pulls it up. You can see the back is pulled up. but So it's all hidden under this, does ch- this hat. Does he think he's a <laughs> teacher there? But you're right. He would know... To the to the man, to the person. Creeping Doc Brown. No one school. he's got such a
0: checkered news because the you know it's like you have gotta stop hanging around that Doc Brown. Yep. He used to molest girls in our high school. Yep. Uh we talked about the wardrobes being dated. Uh Van Halen music is torture. Darth Vader from the Planet Vulcan. <laughs> uh this is beautiful. I love it. My question is, you know, George and Lorraine get together, they get married inevitably they're gonna have this pillow talk conversation is like, you know, what what why did you pick me? Like with the story of us getting together, at what point do you tell your girlfriend, fiance, wife that Darth Vader from the fucking planet Vulcan, <laughs> threatened to melt my mind unless I manned up
1: and asked you out. I'll, I'll tell you exactly when you do it. Okay. It's when you realize that the rough draft of your script for your uh, for your book <laughs> is that story. Yes, because if you look at the cover of that book, uh-huh. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I think you got to come clean at that point, right? Right. Uh, I love his,
0: you getting his swagger together and like, Lou, give me a milk, chocolate, and the thing yeah. slides
1: down. Like, it's so, 1950s. so stupid, but cool at the it's, same time. It's what everybody thinks of the 50s.
0: Uh, And, you know, we talk about everything it, that happens Biff fighting. Yeah. And like the, I love, like, there's so many cool just notes. Like, when Biff gets up and he just keeps getting
1: up. Yeah. And then you can see Marty's head poking over his shoulders, his eyes widening. Because Michael J. Fa- like he's Fa-Foss, scared. He's a little guy. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's a guy, damn big shame
0: what's happening. I mean, it's it's a damn shame when anyone gets ravaged by disease. But right. good God, this guy's comic timing and charisma. Yeah. And he could have, like, a Tom Hanks. He could have been acting
1: until he, the day he died. And it's like. And, and, you know, when you say acting, not just bit roles. Like, star, leading man. major star. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I read an interview because he did this thing with, um, was it. Was it Conan, or he did the Back to Future Future? Uh, one of the big, uh, maybe it's Jimmy. Uh, yeah, not Valen. Was the it other when guy. the shoes came out? No, this was just like last year when it was the 30th yeah. anniversary or whatever.
1: Yeah, um, Nike did the shoes. Oh yes, yes, yes. Pepsi yes. did the the clear. And he talked about like what
0: it took to do five minutes worth of live television, like the regimen yeah. he had to go on and how much rest he had, and like and when he's on, like he's still like you can see it, man. They're yeah. like, God damn, Michael
1: J. the thing that really gets me about it is when I look at him uh and what the disease has done to him, and I look at this movie where I know he's going up on that stage and he's playing Johnny B. Good. Yes. Like, make no mistake, he's, he was up there playing that shred Shredding song. the guitar. Uh and then I look at him in his office where he's got he's surrounded by his guitars and his awards mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. can he do that anymore? Yeah. Like what I mean, that's taken everything that he loves, right? Like yeah. His acting, his ability to play guitar—like, I would these imagine that, like, at this, point, like, as a guitar his... player, that really, yeah, that gets to me because, like, yeah. ugh, and it was amazing how long he
0: was able to work those like ticks and spasms into his kind of shtick, yeah. Like, like the, you forget, go to Spin what the... City. yeah, that's why I was to say. I love that show, yeah. A lot of that performance is
1: him managing his illness, and then even in like Scrubs, mm-hmm. when he comes yeah, back and does yeah, his yeah, yeah. guest role, and he yeah. has to shit on the roof because he literally can't use anybody's yep. bathroom. Yep. It's a different illness, but it's the same kind of kind of character thing. Hell of a guy. Yes, yeah. a damn shame. No, it's it's real sad. Um
0: and again we talk about like, you know, his mom, he falls in love with her son, but to be fair, everything he does in the scene with the skateboards and he he wrecks Biff into a a, a truck full of shit, total Panty dropper. You, you
1: don't think about how bad Ass it is, but I mean, he's essentially inventing Skateboarding. He's, he's inventing Skateboarding. <laughs> he's he's taking Down the A1 bully in school Delivering justice, yeah. And he's wearing and... Purple underwear
0: while he does it.
1: Yeah No, it's amazing uh, I, I, I can't blame her
0: Uh-huh. Uh, I love how the scale Model of the, the, the Clock Tower, like, Doc Brown goes The bananas. He would he have does. invented Time Machine 15 years ago if he'd stopped doing scale models to this degree <laughs> and
1: i love that he apologizes for how crude, how crude it is. It, yes that's the yeah. thing
0: that really sells the joke
1: but then it catches and, and then Michael on J. Fox fire. just like it's good yeah yeah
0: it's good. <laughs> and then the thing just wrecks catches on fire catches a whole thing of greasy rags on fire almost burns down the garage yep. it's so fucking good like what's the point
1: of that no, no real point there was no doc point just loves i mean that's I doc know, he great. loves to demonstrate his ideas it's great he wants people to understand what he's doing <laughs>
0: um there's the plot point about doc Doc refusing to listen about the future yeah and they never really explain why he reversed his decision at at the end he's like i just figured ah what the hell i love that explanation like doc seems like one night and he's like you know what i'm curious maybe I'll destroy the universe but fuck it that feels like a real person feels like a doc brown thing sure yeah Uh, how often would bribe, because that's, Doc Brown eventually, a cop comes to hassle him about this experiment he's running, and he makes it go away by bribing the cop. Yep. How often does bribing a police officer in 1950s in small town in America work? Like, it is $5,000 maybe, hmm. but if it's a $20 bill, I think this guy's like, what do you think I am? Fuck you. Yeah. Or maybe I'm totally underestimating
1: how corrupt small-town American cops are. They're, well, here's the thing. How often does it have to work? They're not that kind of corrupt. H- how often does it have to work to make it worth it? Because, hmm. like, the one time it doesn't work... You're in jail. You're going to jail for bribery. Sure. And also, Marty's not going back to the future. Right. This may be a bad time to try it. Or maybe he's don't... done the risk calculation, and it works so many times out of 100 that he knows... I don't it, know. You don't have a permit, so what are you going to do? But Right uh bonk him over the head with a flashlight yeah and stuff him in the DeLorean. You mentioned that like I,
0: I've not ever gotten this, the fact that this guy's Marvin Berry, who's actually supposedly the cousin of Chuck Berry. Yeah. That and then he, style in fact, music. yeah, Marty totally... McFly
1: comes back with a Chuck Berry song to teach Chuck Berry how to be Chuck Berry. It's beautiful. It's a lot of Chuck Berry. And I, I love this scene. It doesn't serve any purpose in the film whatsoever. Um, all it does is literally just—it's—it's a, it's a musical number. No, right? it's
0: a payoff to his. I'm afraid to perform in front of people. Like he's, his, his father. Okay, His All right. dealing with his father has given him the confidence that his father didn't lack. It's That's like, fair. It's yeah. yeah so it's. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's like saying that the him fucking around in, in the town, bumming rides, hitchhiking rides on a skateboard, is was no purpose. Not nah, set up the next scene.
1: Right. I guess it does do that. Uh, I never never put two and two together on that one. But I love that scene. I Well, mean, I missed Mar- Marvin Berry, so. It's just, as a guy who likes to play guitar, wouldn't call myself a guitarist, but that scene's awesome. I liked, also, because like, I was sitting there the whole, I didn't remember
0: how... Like, when the rain really started putting, like, she jumped on top of Michael J. Fox or uh, K- Calvin Klein. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. Because I forgot exactly, it was like, this Biff just come? But she, like, stops and says, "It's like, kissing my brother. I thought that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah. There's some weird time thing going on here. Or just, like, if you... Like, there's so not a connection between them that... Or the different kind of connection. Right. Because I don't know it's, uh,
0: i've I've read all these weird twin things where like there's this particular type of effect where if you not if you're not even related to someone, like say you and a girl are raised together from the age of one, you will find yourselves repulsive, regardless of how attractive, because that's like something that's essentially uh, a discouragement from inbreeding, from incest, It's like a built in okay. evolutionary thing. Um, but if you take twins and separate them And they just meet as adults Without knowing that they're brothers and sisters Apparently they find each other crazy attractive Because the other overriding huh. thing is You like things that are similar to yourself Sure, yeah Like f- presumably the female version of you Would be the hottest thing ever to you Makes sense I don't see I it I would prefer but... it
1: without the beard But <laughs> well, <laughs> whatever. That, you Whatever know.
0: you can be a feminine feminist and and or you can be feminine and rock a beard can you
1: i think i've never seen a a
0: feminine beard sport that one the the muslim girl that was doing it a few maybe she's indian i don't know i have no idea uh the her boyfriend is super into it maybe because she looks just like him only with boobs
1: i would say you could be female maybe not feminine with a beard okay i mean that's not a feminine quality yes
0: I'm just not going to walk into that landmine. (laughs) Okay. I'm intentionally tiptoeing, and you're just, like, fucking going for it. I'm going to plow
1: ahead like Biff. (laughs) You know, I'm getting all the signs (laughs) that I shouldn't. I'm going to keep going. There's
0: a lot of, like, uh,
1: the movie's surprisingly not uh, offensive. Yeah, it's a little too pop poppy a little too bubblegummy to be that offensive but
0: what i'm saying is like you know like the fact that uh they show biff and his crew being racist and right. like the and the diner the, owner and the, the, being the, racist and all sorts yeah of shit. but he that dude becomes the mayor and this these dudes right. are famous musicians and they're gonna beat the shit out of these pecker woods like <laughs> i felt like that there's a little bit it's you kind of you didn't of the, think
1: like black dope smoking musician was a a Little too much of a stereotype. I don't know because, like, if I if I see any musician, if they're I, probably if you're smoking playing, dope. If you're yeah. playing a bar band,
0: you're smoking dope, right? Like, you might be the one guy that's straight edging it, but you are the <laughs> you are the exception. Black, white, Indian, Chinese. I don't give a shit if
1: you're playing in a bar band. That's you're fair. probably smoking dope. That's fair, but they also go with the I ain't with no reefer addicts. Sort of like, I do like hysteria of reefer yeah, of the time, which, which is which,
0: again like. Uh, 1985, people were joking about what a menace marijuana is, and but, yet it's still fucking illegal.
1: But at the time, it was also tied to race, which makes me go more yes. toward the... No. Sh- this is a racist portrayal, not not like a... Ah. Not like, oh, it's just musician smoking reefer.
0: See, if you take it a step further, you realize that, uh, like many things, the anti-drug laws were mostly racist. Right. In the way they were constructed. Yeah.
1: Totally. You know, uh,
0: that's why alcohol is Okay. Because white uh-huh. people like that, tobacco's okay. And Opium, now white no, start- opium's what those Chinese people are smoking on the rail, and, and uh, marijuana is what those uh, Mexicans right. are bringing. Nah, yeah, yeah. And now that white people have started to like weed, that's Guess here we what? come. Legalization, baby. I don't know if it's going to be now or 16 years in the future, but it's coming. It sucks. It's bullshit. It's real. What are you going to say? Yeah. Read, read Freakonomics, people. Uh, so,
1: uh, and also let's go back to that. There's, okay. there's a, there's a lot of. The past isn't quite what you thought it was sort of things. Oh, and yeah. like, like hazy, uh, rose-colored views of the past. Yeah, like everyone says in 1950s, those were the good old days, right? Right, right. And your parents are never quite as innocent as they claim. Sure. And, like, every generation is basically the same in these in these sort of basic terms, right? Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's horny. Everybody rebels. everybody. Teenagers are like, teenagers. Right. It's just a period of your life, not a period in history. And mm-hmm. it's, like... That is all over this movie. Yep, and 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 I'm not sure what it's trying to say about like whether or not you as a parent should cover that up. Like I don't think it's is that it smart. no is it <laughs> right right. But I'm reading too to much read, into no, it. No, God please, damn it! Please please read too much into it. Right. Uh, I don't know. What do you think the movie? So aside from I guess what you think the movie is actually saying. Do do you think there's a message in there? Do because they I don't play know, around with man, a lot of idea. there's these things that plug into like
0: like did goonies set out to be this classic coming of age film uh, tale or was it just like it, it this, this romp adventure that they thought would be entertaining the kids and it just happened to uh, hit upon his magic formula yeah like some of these things like uh, the things you're talking about i feel like are emergent qualities of the filmmaking process uh-huh not necessarily things that they baked into the the movie
1: yeah, it's interesting because I, I do feel like with this movie being so tightly scripted, um, mm. and and it and it being but, obvious in its scripting, yeah. um, after the fact, I feel like that is kind of baked into this movie. Mm.
0: In but again, emergent properties are the inherently in any kind of complicated uh, system, and this movie, as you say,
1: is tightly plotted and it's got a lot going on. So yeah, I just I feel like if you look at Office Space, right? That's a movie that. I don't feel like was crafted specifically to appeal to a generation of, you know, disenfranchised employees. Right. Uh It turned out to be that. And that's just because that's how Mike judge felt. Yeah. Uh, He set out to make a movie that reflected his experience with office work and boom, that's what you get. Okay. And then the public latched onto it. Whereas I feel like when I look at Spielberg's work, his stuff is always so tightly crafted. uh, And so obviously crafted and not in a bad way just you can see the maker at work there that i i don't know if i ascribe it to just chance i I feel like there's more at play there with a steven spielberg guy okay but that's just how i view it
0: uh so michael j fox's photograph is disappearing and there's a terribly composited photo of his hand disappearing as he's trying to play guitar Oh god it's a nightmare he disappears what the fuck happens does the guitar literally like clatter to the <laughs> floor and people are like what the fuck a man just disappeared or
1: did or are they like what the fuck a man is dead on the floor here like or, does he die
0: or does it is it something like where the time just fixes itself where like he never existed and the guy mm-hmm. didn't injure his hand because he wasn't he just instantly you know starts playing I mean I don't it know. it doesn't
1: seem like time will work that way it doesn't huh. seem like time is self correcting here right yeah Al- although maybe it is to a degree maybe it's more difficult so. That's interesting. Like, Marty McFly goes back to the past, and he accidentally gets hit by this car, which causes this chain of events in which his parents may never exist. Right. That's accidental, and it is a major shift in the timeline, Mm -hmm. right? All of his best efforts are just barely, at the end of the day, able to scrape by a victory for his desired timeline. Mm -hmm. Does it say anything about how difficult it is to direct time? Like, direct a stream of events versus happenstance just totally fucking things over. Well, it makes me think of, is like... Is time a, actively a, working against him, and is he resisting it, or is it... Well,
0: I don't know, because... I'm like, anthropomorphizing I, I, time a little is, bit, yeah, but... Yeah, this is making me think of, uh,
1: <laughs> like, let's say
0: Marty misses his... Because he, he kind of fucks around. He plays the song, he shouldn't. You're right. Then Doc says, you're late, and not only did he do that, but he, he changed his clothes, because I'm not going back in that zoot suit. Like, you're right, yeah, so yeah. So let's say he misses his boat. Uh-huh. He's got this picture of himself, and he's living his life in 1955's America. And let's say that uh, George pisses Lorraine off one night, like you do. <laughs> does he start disappearing again? Like, this, this is like does he only solidify right. when he puts the P in the V for the third time and makes Marty McFly? Like it's a good question. You so know what I'm saying, like every time their the relationship takes a bad turn, does
1: he start? Oh God, I gotta go give my old man a pep talk. Like, right? There's some like degree <laughs> yeah. of fucked that the timeline sure. is that he directly feels. and, yeah. and it, it implies that he has set in motion a timeline that is absolutely perfect. Right? That. That they never argue, that they never yes. have a fight.
0: This is like, a, yeah, which again would have made a lot of different that they don't changes.
1: split up in the future before
0: he's born. Like, yeah, you don't. They, maybe they didn't. They didn't travel. They didn't go to different states. Like, yep. This prosperity and confidence only resulted in slightly better furniture and clothes, <laughs> right? And cars. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's
1: interesting, and a better town too. Like, I, I think his town is not nearly as shitty. Yes, when he comes back to it. Yeah, cuz I feel like the like f- uh, the clock tower is spared, yeah.
0: Yes, it was. Uh no, it wasn't. I thought it was. I thought when they I got don't... back that it was actually working. Shit. Now I feel I'm not sure, but I took I- it I do for know granted that the town that the... is cleaned
1: up, right? Like
0: I took it for granted that the town was and that was in de- sy- systemic or endemic of the town, like it was broken down and needing repair and now that never yeah. happened to it. Uh, But I could be wrong. But it does get struck by lightning, right?
1: They just don't repair it. Yes. Because Um, they didn't have money and maybe that depressed the town and who knows the fuck. You know what? Right. And how – like I wonder – so we talked about um, while we were watching this, like what does George McFly do for a living? This is his first book. He clearly didn't make his money off of book deals, right? Maybe he made it off of writing short stories or some other like screenwriting and this is his first quote-unquote novel yeah. Um, is is he some bigwig in the town? Because apparently Marty's actions have changed not only his family but the town as a whole. Is oh, that right. caused by something he something that George McFly does? George or, McFly was
0: elected as, as class president, as suggested by one of his students. He right. then went on to a successful career of politics, and he headed off the disastrous reforms that Mayor Gold. Goldie Goldberg instituted <laughs> that just ran the city into the ground. Like, All right, that, that, so
1: Goldber- Goldie was a shitty mayor. He
0: was. He just wanted to solve everything with a mop and a
1: broom. You can't do. You gotta. You can't do and that. After he said he was going to clean up the town, Mm-mm. he fucking didn't. No. Although, do we know? Is he mayor in the, uh, in the future? In the, the no, no, shifted I, version, I have no of idea.
0: The I don't know that they ever. Uh, okay. It th- 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 was was. It's th- probably th- on a sign somewhere. I was going to say it might flyer. be a reelect.
1: Yeah. Uh... So, I don't know. A George McFly must be some type of community official, I would imagine. He's a pillar of the community. Changing the community, yeah.
0: Pillar. That's what you're looking for. Uh, okay. So, I, I, there's, I'm trying to think about... Um, man, the whole sequence of Doc with his fucking wire... As a, that was the most stressful thing I've ever seen, sat through as a kid. Oh, God, yeah. He's just one damn thing after another. And he finally gets yeah. to almost falls off the clock. The thing's dangling by his fucking pant leg. Mm-hmm. He's doing all this acrobatics. He finally gets it plugged in, and then the, the thing in the bottom unplugs. I'm like,
1: Jesus. Yep. And then he give has to this slide guy a down. break. down. Getting the worst, he gives burns. himself third
0: degree burns on his palms. Like those yeah. gloves, glo- uh, that's a nice touch of realism. Those gloves were literally smoking.
1: I'm surprised he actually could invent a time machine with his useless hands. <laughs> sure, thirty sure. years in the
0: future. I think that's it. Like I, that's that's pretty much. Uh, i I've I've wrung all of the observations i had out of this movie and we've talked about yeah. uh time travel and the science fiction of it and it's an hour and
1: 48 minutes in this <laughs> podcast let me let me make a quick recommendation for people looking for maybe time travel movies that that hang together a little bit better than this one mm-hmm. uh there's a movie called Primer this movie i i've ah. talked about it people in the forums have talked about it everybody who i've it's commissioned. seen Right, it, it is commissioned. Yeah, it's going to be coming up weeks from now, weeks and weeks and weeks. So if you now. want to get on on board, yeah, go check out Primer. It's a very low budget. I heard it was made for seven thousand dollars. like, what sixty minutes long? Uh, no, I think it's feature length. I oh, think okay. It's I like thought a, it was like an hour super ninety short. or an hour ninety, an hour and a half. <laughs> um, but but that hangs together much better. They try to be consistent with the changes that time travel would make and the methods of time travel. They, they have basically one big sort of, uh, hand wavy moment. And then the rest of it kind of follows. I think it's extremely complex and it's very hard to follow. But if you watch it a bunch of times, it seems like it all hangs together. I recommend it strongly primer. It's a great movie.
0: Uh, and I guess I'll, this, i this, I got this triangle movie, which I think was made in 2009. It's a British film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I got this off the forums, and I can't say that I loved it because my biggest problem was that that I felt like most of the characters could have solved the problem if they had just pulled their heads out their asses and realized something is afoot, right? Um, but if you want you know, ninety minutes of people stuck in Marty McFly first five minutes in nineteen fifty-five, but it's a horror, it's a time paradox Sounds horror movie, yeah. And there are certainly, like, even despite my problems with the film, there's certainly a lot of creepy, dread type of situations in there, too. All right. And it's and it's fairly well acted and, and, and well made. Uh, I wouldn't call it a low budget film. It's like a mid budget indie. But yeah, it's, uh, if you're looking for a horror, horror take on a time travel film, check out Triangle.
1: Yeah, I will definitely go check that out. Uh, there's also another one called Time Crimes that I haven't seen, but everybody seems to love it. It's like this uh, Spanish language. Another I think, one I so. recommend:
0: time Cop, time Cop, starring the incomparable uh, John Van
1: uh, John John Claude Van Damme. You want to see a man who can not only split time but his legs farther than you would ever expect? <laughs> Bill and Ted's time Excellent Cop. Adventure. That's a good one. That's he, actually that's, a really solid time travel movie. Is am I? I would not mind taking a poke
0: at that as a podcast because I well get on the shopping. I remember it, really well.
1: I might pay I me one hundred and fifty. I remember bucks. really
0: liking that, but I haven't seen it in over twenty years. And, yeah, and is it does it hold together?
1: I think it does because I remember I the time
0: thinking the bogus adventures or bog, bogus the, the journey. The bogus yeah. journey sucked.
1: Yeah, I think that's general consensus, and that's
0: like that was a that was a contemporary like thirteen year old A. Ron saying this movie was not nearly as good as the beginning, of the first one.
1: I also heartily recommend all good things, Star Trek: The Next Generation's <laughs> series finale, two part. We're just gonna name every time travel thing. <laughs> all I all re- the good I, ones. I
0: recommend the episode of of uh, uh, Brave Star. Where Sheriff BraveStar goes back and (laughs) and interfaces with Sherlock Holmes, a fictional character. Um,
1: I recommend Quantum Leap. (laughs) It's also an excellent. I recommend Sliders. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, Uh, Thank thank you, you,
0: uh, Alafia. Yes. uh, For. I mean, I was having a really shitty week, man. I was really up my own ass, and I was kind of sad and bummed out. Hmm. And wh- I, I, I pinpoint my week turning around to the moment we sat down and watched Back to the Future.
1: It's a great movie.
0: So I feel like I probably owe you money, but <laughs> I, and, but uh, you're not getting any out of me. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate. Uh, thank you for commissioning this. It's a great idea. Yep. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to commission your own podcast and have us talk about your favorite movie, uh, Good, Bad, or Ugly, you can go to baldmove.com slash shop and click on the big uh, cinema wheel film roll-looking thing, and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of community selections where you can pool your money with other Bald Move fans to get uh, some popular projects done, or you can uh, go for the brass ring and do your own passion project like uh, Alafia and uh, see what we make of it. It's a high risk, high reward kind of thing.
1: Any idea what uh, the next one coming up is? I have it here. Uh, it's the man who shot Jack Valance. Ba- Liberty Valance. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna see how that one goes. It's an older movie, and uh, we, you know we'll be back. I, I guess have, next week with that. Right? I'm th- I'm expecting to love it
0: because it's western, which is cool. It's John Wayne, which is cool. Yeah, and... I do
1: like the, the genre, even though I haven't seen a ton of the genre. Um, yeah, and I know you know. John Wayne is pretty good as far as westerns go. Yeah, but I don't his acting style. It's different. Yeah, it's, I can see you having a problem with it. I might just know that doesn't mean I hate the movie. All right. Uh it's just different. So yeah, we'll we'll see you guys for that one uh, in about a week. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya.